this life unraveled. Each of us has a story. How many times do you listen to other people's stories? Like really, really listen. This Life Unraveled shares stories from all walks of life. Our purpose is to create a space for inclusivity, a place to be honest about our traumas, our successes, our failures, our stories, our truths. To share so that we can create understanding and compassion and to provoke our thought patterns. Are you willing to listen? This interview contains discussion that includes self-harm, mental health crisis, and abortion. Listener discretion is advised. We have Ty with us today, Ty Caldwell, and we're super excited. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I know some other people that are excited about interviewing her today about her life. And can I just say, y'all, she's a black lady. And I, and I, I love woman. that. And I know she is a black woman. And I love it because it's Black History Month. Yes, it is. And I, for a long time, was very ignorant in what I knew and in the way I handled my thoughts about Black History Month. And Ty makes me think very deeply. So I love it. Yes, you do. And I love it. So welcome. Welcome, welcome. Like, I feel absolutely awesome. And I just want to say, one, thank you for inviting me. I love Sean and Adrian. Oh, thank you. And when they say they have black friends, they actually do. They have more <laughs> we than We really one. do. Oh, my God. We're hanging out with some tonight. See? Oh, my God. Right? Like, hanging they're in our circle. black friends. Thank you. In the circle. Not somebody they just know from work. You know. There is so. a difference. There is. I'm like, no, you know black people. You don't have black friends. You know, I love it that you're saying that, that you start yeah. right out the gate like that, because I never really realized, um, you, we act like we understand people, mm-hmm. but we don't even spend time with these people. We just exactly. know them. I work with them. Yes. I go to church with them, but do you do life with them? Ooh, I, like, but can I borrow what? that? Do you, you do life? Girl, I probably learned it from you. I don't know what you're talking about, some borrowing. <laughs> and say that again, Sean. What'd you say? I say, if you even go to church with them, of people of other oh, yeah. ethnic backgrounds, yes. cultural, whatever. It's a big deal to me now. Like, mm-hmm. if I walk in a church and it's all white, I'm like, eh, let's hit that reverse button because I ain't feeling this. Or all anything. I mean. Work. Yeah. You know, Everywhere. Th- that's good. Yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. No, but I, I think maybe that's where we've progressed to. So, mm-hmm. so Ty, obviously, we're kind of jumping right in here. but We, we are. We it's Sean's fault. He didn't let us know, like, ahead of time, like, five, four, three. No, that means like, we already started. Casual. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of started casual, and then it makes it more comfortable. It really works well for, for our guests with nerves, I think. Mm-hmm. So, what's your, like, family background? Like, where, where... Where you from? Oh, where am I from? I'm a country girl. What? Born and raised in North Carolina. Uh, so it's it's funny to me. Three natives I, in one room. Yes. yes. Three natives in one room. In one yes. room. Yes. Native North Carolinians. And I'm proud to be from North Carolina. Even though we've been on the news for some craziness in the last decade, I'm very proud of being here. Yes. Um, yeah. So... It's funny to me when I watch shows and they're doing backgrounds on people. They're like, they come from a small town of 2,000. Like, we, I don't think we broke 400. 
What in town Bun, were you in? Bun, North Carolina. Bun. And people are like, oh, from Dunn. I'm like, I'm not from Dunn. I am from Bun. And B. not Bun level. Not Bun level, There's which is different. Exactly. That is country, Bun. Yes. Yeah. So Bun with two N's. Uh, for anyone who knows, it's 64 East. Uh, let me see. On the other side of Zebulon, between Zebulon and Lewisburg. So if you don't know those, I can't help you anymore. Yeah. Where I was coming up at, we didn't even have streetlights. What? There were, so I'm 42. I was born in 79. We didn't have streetlights until I was an adult. Uh, again, about 400 people. I don't even think it was 400. Yeah. And that's including all of the town because I lived on the outskirts of Bun. It's only one street, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> one street. And then you have the outskirts. And I was wow. in a little place called Franklin Estate. Oh, my goodness. Now, I have to jump right in and go ahead and ask Go you, for it. Franklin Estates, was it predominantly a black community or uh, was it a diverse community? No. Franklin, or actually, let me say it the, the way we say it. Franklin Estate, ah. Franklin Estate without an S, <laughs> Franklin Estate was black folks. And that was one street on the outskirt of Bun. Okay. And... Was it going towards Lewisburg or going back towards Zebulon side? Going back towards the Zebulon side. Okay. You're on point. Going back towards the Zebulon side. And so, and then even with that, it was the brick homes. So, I was on the side that had the brick homes. It was brick homes on both sides, but across the street from me, there was a very small trailer park. There okay. might have been about five single-wide trailers yeah, yeah. across the street. I remember when somebody got a double wide, we were like, wow. Like, oh my God, we moving up. Look yeah, at these right. people. That's, that's different. Theirs is wide. Right, right. Right. So, uh, and it was a drug dealer that moved over there. So anyway. They had the money. They, they had the money. They were rolling. Indeed. So much indeed. more room for activities. Exactly. Right. So there was that, but then there was the bridge that was over the creek down the street. Uh -huh. And across the bridge was a larger trailer park. And it was like a different world. Oh, wow. That's what my friend, uh, Blaze Harris, was a raise. I love him. You will see me post about him on social media all the okay. time. Now he is a therapist, uh, retired firefighter, uh, just so much with, with him. But anyway, my, my point of naming that is uh -huh. you had the houses, and then you had the trailer park, and there were a lot of drugs and alcoholism. Oh, man. And for the longest time, I wasn't even allowed to go across the bridge. Wow. Yeah. Because of safety? Yeah. It was Man, like, they're down that. there doing drugs, it's alcohol, you can't, mm-mm. Yeah, being in trailer so, park. I end up down there anyway. I have to say this part, um, and I, I say it because we are very close in age. I'm almost 41. When I grew up, not glue up, but when I grew up, I we had a black side of town. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I live in this same town right now. I was about to say, we're and, here. And my grandma called it black town. Wow. And... To hear that growing up was normal. Yeah. And it wasn't that she, I don't think her heart was ever to mean anything wrong. It was literally like that was, was, was that was the black side of town. And I remember yeah. one time I lived on that same side of the railroad tracks. I had a friend one time that told me they couldn't come to my house because I lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally. I was literally a few blocks well, from funny, that side of town. It's funny you're talking about that because I was working and literally driving. Like there's a road that is parallel to the train tracks. And it is so blatant. If you look to the right, you see all the businesses, you see all the industry, you see all the nicer houses. You look to the left, 
it's all the older run. I mean, you can just see yes. a clear line difference to where yeah. certain people lived here in the past and certain people lived here in the past. So yes, indeed. Well, and the sad thing, too, like it looked as, as a child growing up, not knowing any different, it looked poverty stricken. Yes, it really did. Like it just it. And I'm sure it probably was because of maybe the opportunities that were afforded to the people at that time. But but I remember that and. I remember feeling less safe. And that's that makes me sad to say that. Like, it makes me sad, but it's real. It's what I experienced. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm like I said, I'm almost 41. And that was what was, you know, considered normal then. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't it, know. But, it was so, the same thing. It was the same yeah. thing with us. It's like, no, you don't go down there with those folks because yeah. it's not as safe. Like, people are doing drugs. It's alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. You know, folks smoking crack. You can't go down there. And the reality of it was, there was more going on down there. Now, again, I ended up in a trailer park anyway. Because yeah, I ended yeah. up running the streets for a little while. What? But, oh, yeah. Well, I was like, we'll, we'll talk about it. I do but, see you as a strong-willed individual. Yes, indeed. I yeah. was out there. <laughs> I, was, I was out there. It was a lot of things that I didn't get caught up in. But I was running with the crowd of people who were. Yeah. God definitely kept me safe in a whole bunch of things that I was dealing with. But going back to the neighborhood, it was mostly black folks. Yeah. Like on that whole strip. If we saw a white person, they were coming to buy crack. And you you automatically assume that because it's like. No, it was a fact. Yeah. You knew it. (laughs) Yeah. Because white people didn't come around. They didn't. mm -mm, They did not come. Man, like today. I have to say, I love, we live in a neighborhood that is so diverse. We have Muslim neighbors. We have um, black neighbors, Mexican neighbors, white neighbors. Um, I don't know if we have any Asian uh, neighbors in our neighborhood. But no matter what, it's very diverse. And I love that. I love that when you just walked into my house, that was normal. Right. It was normal. and yeah. But yet, if you had come in my home 20 years ago... 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah. It wouldn't have been that way. So I'm I'm glad that there's progress, but mm-hmm. we still got a long ways to go. So so tell me um brothers sisters who raised you? Huh? So I have a total of four siblings. I was raised I was raised by my grandfather. Okay. And there my mother had me birthed me. My other siblings about my father Cause Papa was a rolling Uh-oh. stone. Oh, okay now. Yeah, <laughs> so they're all older than me. Yes. My uh, youngest brother and I are the same age. He's older. Okay. So when I say that, people are like, "Oh, you got a twin?" I was like, "No, my Papa was a rolling stone." So how far apart in age are y'all? Like a- he was born in August. I was born in October. Oh, he was busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. I, so, so that ain't the same mama for anybody that needs a science Exactly. Today. For those who didn't get it, one of us didn't stay in there longer. No. Different <laughs> mothers. Like Different mothers. And yeah. my oldest sister is, I want to say she's 52 now. Okay. I think if she so hears about this and I'm getting years. hers wrong, then I apologize. And my brother is 50. Okay. So yeah. it's like 52, 50, 42. And then my younger sister who is adopted and it don't matter at all. She is 31. Okay. There's a 12 year difference with us. Yeah. She's okay, 31. So there's a good little gap between all of y'all. Exactly. Yeah. So my father raised both of us. My mother was like working two and three jobs the majority of the time when yeah. I was a child and I was with my grandfather 
And I was raised by my grandparents, but my grandmother ended up having a stroke when I was real young. So that whole rearing part wasn't exactly there like that. So it was mainly grandpa doing the raising. Yes. You lived in his home. Yes. And your daddy was an active part of your life? Nah. Not active, really. I was around my father until I was about three. My mother would take me to go see him. Okay. And then... There was a gap of me not seeing or having anything, any type of interaction with him until I was about 15. Oh, Lord. That's my mother told Goodness. me I need to call and check on my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And she was like, you know, call and see how your grandmother's doing. I'm sitting here like, what you did? Yeah. She don't know me. All these you years know, she, later. Exactly. Yeah. But they always met on uh, Christmas Eve. Okay, okay. And I called and I rem- I can't remember talking to my grandmother first, but I called and I remember my father might have answered the phone or something. Mm-hmm. And I said who I was and he was like, I know who this is. And I was like, what? Well, how you know me? You ain't talked to me since I was three. Yeah, I just, I can't even remember all the details of it. I just remember my father saying, your sister's on the phone because on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. is when the family gets um, is all around each other. Yes. And I heard my oldest brother in the background. Of course, I didn't know who he was. He was like, my sister who? Like, really? <laughs> because they didn't know about what? me. What? They didn't whoa, whoa, know about whoa, whoa, whoa. me. You're 15, so he's in his 20s. It, and he's like, who? They didn't know about you at all. They didn't no know about idea, me nothing. at all. Wow. That was a secret. Yeah, baby. I was, I was, I was secret. So my grandmother, of course, knew about me and my because wow. I was around her when I was younger. I just didn't remember her. Yeah. And so they didn't know. My brother said he started counting. He was like, all oh, my sisters are here. Because my father at one point was married and had other yeah. children. So just a whole thing. So anyway, ended up going up there. When I met them, not right then. Actually, no, I apologize. My brother came and got me. Wow. My oldest brother. He, he was like, like well, I'm going to get my sister. That's the way he talks. So when you see me change my voice or hear oh, that, I love that. Like, he talk like that. He's just he's a trip. I love like, that. So yeah. he came and got me, and I met all my family. And my my older sister, she was like, "Where she been all her life?" And she my other out. brother, who is the most chill person, he's like, "What up, sis?" And he's just like, "Was that the one that's your age?" Yes. Oh, so they knew about him. They, oh yeah, they came up around each other. Oh. Were they full brother and sister? No. Nope. Or half? No. Nope. Okay, they half. were half. So the two oldest are from his marriage. Okay. And the third is from his girlfriend. Yeah. And um, my mother was a girlfriend. Uh-huh. So. Okay. So that's the thing. So they, but they all knew about each other. Okay. But they didn't know about me. Surprise. And yeah. And when I came around, they treated me no different. You would have thought that we came that. up around each other. That's what I was about to ask is like, yeah. how did that? Nothing. I, I made the mistake of saying something about my half brother or something. Whoa. And my oldest brother went, oh, I ain't got no half or nothing. Oh. It's my sister. I was like, I love all that. right, so we'll never say that again. We don't do no half. So you kind of had a sense of belonging with them from the beginning. Like they made yeah. you feel yeah connected yeah it was it was never a thing of i'm some outside child some dirty secret at 15 years old that's a lot of life before 15 that's a whole lot of life now mind you my father said that my mother had called him in between times like around teenage time Uh he said your mama said you was giving her hell she Uh didn't know what to do with you and i was like she called you (laughs) no 
Because she ain't say nothing about she called you. That is so <laughs> You funny. know, so he claimed I was being such a handful that she ended up calling before I ended up seeing him. I don't wow. know the truth in that. I ain't known him to lie like that. Yeah. Um, he a whole lot of things, but. But not that. He pretty, he pretty much shoot from the hip. Yeah, yeah, he's honest. Yeah. So, raised by my grandfather, um, he was my Superman and didn't have a healthy relationship with my mother growing up at all. She was a great provider. The emotional nurturing part. It wasn't there. No. Was your grandfather nurturing? All of it. Really? Like, if you ask my sister who raised her right now, she would look at you like, granddaddy, what you talking about? Oh, I love that. Yeah. He was hugs. He was, I love you, baby doll. He was, all right, do well in school. You know, uh, he didn't graduate, but he was mm-hmm. very big on the importance of school. He He said that one of the things that he prayed to God was that he would allow him to see his kids graduate. Oh, wow. And... He said God didn't just do that. He allowed him to see his kids graduate and some of his grandkids. Like, he saw them graduate from college. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that just meant a I'm, lot I'm assuming him. by how you're talking about him that he's no longer with us? No, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, he passed away in 2012. Oh, wow. My so how old were you, approximately how old were you when he passed? When he passed away in 2012, I was 32. Yes, that's 10 years. Yeah, yeah so, 32. Look, I had to I had to think because my birthday is in October, so I'm like, had I had I aged a year? Yeah. Yeah. 32 years old. And I imagine that was probably the most difficult loss you've ever experienced. I bet. One of it, them. It was. It was because that was my father daddy. figure. I mean, that's exactly. like your daddy. You're I mean, right. You call him grandpa, but that's your dad. That was that was dad. That was one of the reasons. You know how some people when they don't have their father in their lives, they go through that searching for a dad. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't go through that because I had you know, he was there with that. Yes. I never went lacking in that area of support, nurturing. All right. Yeah. You know, what you doing? Yeah. I didn't like that. Was he a disciplinarian too? Like, was he hard on you or not really? He wasn't. He wasn't hard on me. He was, he was firm but fair. I know that people are different with their grandkids. Yes. So yeah. some of the stuff I did that he would have killed his kid behind he didn't kill me. It was me. different. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We're I, different just with our third kid because we're you know older because we're like, mm, okay, we're not going to. Yeah, you're fine, buddy. It's fine. Right. I remember my grandfather one time. The one time I can remember my grandfather putting his hands on me was he did not play spitting. Oh, yeah. He did not. He did. That is like. And one of my friends whose name I'm going to say on here, Rayshawn Hartsfield. <laughs> oh, Rayshawn. We were arguing about something as simple as a receipt he found a receipt in the yard i was like you need to give me that that's my granddaddy's and just stupid Uh somebody spit didn't and and Uh what happened i went and i was telling my grandfather and rashawn was standing in front of me we were both in front of my grandfather who was like mediating and i was like granddaddy isn't this yours and he said something like yeah it is and at rashawn i did that Oh, no, you didn't. And my grandfather slapped me so hard, my entire body turned. I felt that from the past. I'm telling you, my body turned and I kept walking. I walked outside and went and sat. I was so mad. I wanted to kill Rayshawn. I went and sat on the doghouse and just stared out into the wilderness. Uh I was 
so mad because one, he got me slapped, and two, he got me slapped in front of him. Yes, and I just. And I was just so mad. And but then you I were never, in trouble with your grandpa. Yes, because he's like, one of the most disrespectful things you could do is to spit at or on somebody. He was yeah, just, I don't, you don't. I you can't don't even imagine. That. Yeah. And my was, I didn't spit on him in my mind. I ne- We never <laughs> had a conversation. There was no follow-up conversation. It was like that slap said everything that needed to be said. You've communicated and clearly. It, you communicate clearly, and we don't need to have this conversation again. So, so he was, he was... Yeah, he was more easy on me and but my sister. But that tongue didn't even come out of your mouth if something Ever tasted good. Again. Uh-uh. I have never Keep done anything like that with anyone again. I'm 42. No. Yeah. And my sister got popped for the same really? thing years later. Because she wasn't born then. I was a child. Yeah. And it was years later. Like, she had lost her mind or something. She was about five or six. And uh, I don't know what was going on with her. She... She had a little recliner. She was facing. I, I apologize, y'all. Y'all got to hear all this. Oh no! It's and fine. she got must have got possessed for a moment. She popped up Uh-oh. and did a thing towards my grandfather. Oh. Won't even a spit, but that same thing. And he hauled off, but she ducked. Oh, because she was popping up like a little, like the little hit whack the weasel mold. thing, whack like a whack a mole, exactly. Yeah. So she popped up, but while she was going back down, he caught that forehead. I was sitting on the couch, and I was, I didn't want to laugh because I had a flashback of when I got slapped, and I was like, I don't want that work. PTSD. So, yeah. 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 I, I was like, that. I don't want that. So he was that person. I don't remember him like popping her or doing anything like that either. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's good. You that's know, a he great didn't thing. He didn't. Yeah. Like she threw the tantrum in the yard. Somebody told me later on, he would just walk away. He's like, she'd get herself together and she'd chase behind him. I used to do that with my second kid. I'd be like, man, for that first kid, I'd be like, what's wrong? Can I help you? And that second kid be throwing a fit. i just step right over her and I'd literally say, sorry, you're the second kid. <laughs> and like, i just be like, I'm so sorry. You're throwing yeah. a fit right now, but I cannot, I'm not about to help you. No. I'm, like, I'm not you're giving right. in. Yeah. yeah. You're all right. Yeah. So, um, you're like, were you raised with faith? Oh gosh, absolutely. So, in in any converse, it, most of the conversations that I end up having, my belief, my faith comes up. I am a Christian, uh, and it. I was raised in that. Yeah. Was there like and, a specific style church? See, here's the thing with me. I didn't understand those differences in denominations. Yeah. It wasn't that. until I was an adult. I remember asking my pastor, "Who's my spiritual mom?" Doctor Phyllis H. Forte. And she wasn't a pastor at the time that I was a child, but we came up in the same church mm-hmm. for a part of that time. And I was like, what What are denominations? Because right. we were disciples of Christ. I'm like, what does that mean? It's you division know, among the brethren. That, that, that's <laughs> basically what it is to me. But it's, you know, we believe in foot washing. We believe in, you know, speaking in tongues. We believe yep. in You're Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, I mean, none of that. Jesus. We, we, never, we never use the word evangelical. We never use the word. It was just disciples of Christ. It just... That's just what it was. So I kind of like spirit. I see you guys as spiritual. Oh yeah, and almost like servant leadership, probably. If you they didn't even talk about servant leadership. Oh really? They didn't. But Mm -hmm. they didn't washing people's feet. It was. It was. It was for me. It was just country church. Like that's just what it was for me. It's practically at home too. In bun. Yeah, in In bun. bun. Exactly. And I was in bun. Um, Yeah. And at the time, 
it wasn't more teaching ministry. It was more that preaching. God said, ah, and when you oh, son of son of son of play that and, organ, but they yeah, play the organ they, or the keyboard. They had the uh, they had a piano that'll keep that service going so, long. I didn't. I knew about God, and then pastor she was doing uh, Sunday school, and we got some more teaching in there yeah. through that. But the pastor wasn't teaching. The first pastor, yeah. and then uh, Bishop Smith, he came, and he preached and he taught some, but I don't really like remember the sermons. I didn't get more into learning more about scripture and life application until Doctor Forte. Okay, and that okay. was in my twenties, and that's when my walk became more serious. You really connected at that yes. point. So okay. Yeah, before I was, I was just going to church. Do you still attend that same place? No. You were talking I, about the, the doctor. Oh, Dr. Forte. They, yes. They grew up together, in, or not necessarily grew up together, but um, she was there as well. She was, so she was at Zion Springs because that was family church for her. It was okay. a lot of Hopkins. She was a Hopkins at the time. And so she was there in the choir, ushering Sunday school. I went to a number of different churches because my mother had me going to a number of different churches when I was a child. Gotcha. The majority of the time was at Zion Springs, but I wasn't always there. Pastor was always there. And then around, uh, maybe around 20, Pastor had, I, I think I was around 20, and Pastor got called into pastoralship. Okay. And she founded a church. And I started visiting and I was like, oh, I like the way she teaches this. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard the Lord is my shepherd. Like Psalm 23, I never heard it taught like that. Nobody ever broke down. Well, what does a shepherd do? And how it takes, how he takes care of the sheep. And to make you lie down in green pastures, a place of plenty. Um, the shepherd would lay down his life for the sheep, making sure that they, they have everything they need to sustain. And sometimes we need to be taught to rest. And I never had anybody wow. teach it like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go to her church. And I joined. Yeah, I could see that too. And I joined, and she's my spiritual mom. So, that's, yeah, that and, and more. She's more than just a spiritual mom. She like ended up being that nurturing component. She's yeah. always been that. And for a short period of time, for two years, from 2017 until last year, I ended up going to Grace AME Zion Church uh -huh. in Raleigh, and I was there helping with youth ministry. And then I came back under the leadership of my pastor, Dr. Forte. Okay. Uh, at some point last year. Okay. Yep. Was she your first like female pastor? Yes. Okay. You're absolutely correct. And you connected with her. You know, sometimes I, um, I know a lot of times we hear God is neither male or female. Mm -hmm. um, when I think of God as a male, um, I always struggled a little bit with connection just because, you know, I had some issues growing up in a broken home. Gotcha. So I, I definitely struggled with that connection of God as a male. And I also saw him as very authoritative mm. and, and, um, harsh sometimes mm -hmm. and when i thought of him as a female mm -hmm. i was like i really connect with I that like i connect with that nurturing mm -hmm. aspect the mothering i just yeah. connect with that so then i can put that together and just think of god as a whole on gotcha. a whole and yes. like it helps me in my personal faith journey to think of him that way because then i for a long time i very much felt and it probably was my own criticism, but very critical of myself and my faith and just um, guilty, like I had done wrong and I wasn't good enough. Mm. But then when I thought of him from that female perspective, I think the nurturing took over. Makes a difference. And it and I, maybe I 
could have helped the way I thought about myself with my own children. And yeah, I just felt differently and I have felt I better guess. about God. Yeah. And I feel more connected when I think of him. That I mean, I still refer to him as him, but yeah. I just feel better when I think of him as a nurturing God. And like you said, like a God, like you to make you rest, like yes. the idea of rest, especially in the busyness of our lives, Ooh. you know, it just, it, it really speaks to my soul personally. Yes. So, I know earlier you mentioned some stuff about maybe you had a little walk on the wild side, a little tiny walk on the wild side. Now, was this before you um, came under the leadership of uh, Dr. Forte or uh, shoot, after or something in between? Before, during, everything. Oh, she done <laughs> seen it all. Uh, yeah. So being there with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I ended up maybe teenage years. So in my teenage years, my father said when I started coming around, he's like, yeah, you was hell. You were fighting all the time. I was like, like fighting people. No, I was, yes. Were you throwing punches? I was. Woo. I was. And I said, no, it was only when people were messing with. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was fighting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was fighting. Uh, Feisty. I was quite. And I had the attitude in elementary school mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to not having a great relationship with my mother. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so much I was dealing with at home. I would go to school. I would make great grades. Uh-huh. But you remember when they used to do ends on conduct? Oh, Are yeah. You, do you, so I was getting not was unsatisfactory. Need, or, in, or needs or improvement. Needs improvement. And she was, my mother would get on me. She was like, you want to go down there and run to school? And you act like you know more than Uh-oh. a teacher. That oh, I got many whoopings from that. Uh-oh. So <laughs> as a teenager, uh, hanging with my friends, if there was some mess going on with them and there was a fight, then we all fighting. And pulling hair, I throwing just, punches. I was throwing Scratching. blows. Oh, on a bunch of scratching. We was throwing blows. Oh, you were you were for real. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. I won't even say there was a lot of fighting. It just in a short period of time there was. I was throwing blows. So yeah, with I fighting, can say I've never done that. So I'm so, proud of you. <laughs> well. I don't know. That could be from being a pushover. <laughs> so, I get it. Yeah. I'm working on getting stronger and you working being on containing assertive. your fire. I've done well <laughs> with, with containing this fire. Like, I, I remember one of my... Refocusing. Channeling. Yes. There, gotcha. we go, yes there we go. Yes. Yes. Channel well, I'm gonna the fire. I'm going to use this gift from yes. you for your good. Because I'm still... I'm, I'm like, be the fire, but, you know, channel it. Like, I remember one of my friends said, yeah, my grandma was listening to the scanner in the country, boy. Yeah. She was listening yes. to the scanner, and she said somebody was in the ditch fighting, and I found out it was you. It's like, yeah, yeah. Was it you? It was me. <laughs> it was you. Oh, it my was, I got maced and everything. Oh, my was, Lord. It was a crazy thing with my boyfriend, and it was just uh, crazy stuff. They was accusing him of something he actually did not do. It was an out-of-towner dude that was there. And in my eyes, they grabbed him. And so when they grabbed him, I'm like, get off him. And I, we were fighting. Uh-oh. And ended up rolling in the ditch by the by the creek. So we're down by the creek. and Wow. And then this guy, the out-of-towner dude, he, uh, he maced me. It, it, it was a trip. He Ooh. makes me, I couldn't see, which was one of the scariest things in my life because I couldn't see. Like, I don't have any problem with fighting this dude, but I need to know where to try to land blows. Are uh, you still trying to fight blind I, from that maze? I, I, I was trying to see. Okay, I okay, was so to you, see. you did switch your focus. Yeah, I, I could, it was burning. 
I, I it was thought burning it was painful. Bad. Yeah. yeah, it was burning. So I'm screaming. I can't see. Oh and my, my boyfriend's trying to, to lead me. And he said I was trying to lead him. And I'm screaming. And we end up going into the... Did we go to my uncle's house first? I went to my uncle's house first. He did not handle that well. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It, just, it was bad. But it was a whole bunch of stuff with that. And then I was fighting in some projects in Zebulon one time. And some people pulled out knives. I didn't know it. Oh, my goodness. And we were fighting down there. My friend, she got bit. And <gasps> she got bit on her face. And her eye was black from that. It was just oh a whole lot of word. stuff. But all of that goes into being where I didn't need to be. And and I talk yeah. to young people now. Like, the reason I'm so direct when I post on social media yes. or when I'm talking to people is, yo, your life can change in a moment. Like, that birds with feather flock together is real. And it doesn't yeah. matter that you're not, even if you're not a person that's drinking and smoking, if you're around the folks who are drinking and smoking, understand that they may make some decisions they don't need to be making. Yeah. That your mind is not going to always be in the best place and it yeah. can get you in some bad situation. I could have got killed. I could have got killed yeah. when I got mace and I'm fighting this dude. I could have yeah. got killed when people were um, pulling out knives. I could have got killed. I used to hang around drug dealers, you know. I wasn't using the drugs, but I was hanging around drug dealers. Yeah. And I was there when a guy got, um, these folks tried to rob him. And I'm in the house and I hear shots going off. Good And Lord. I'm grabbing a dagger off the wall because I hear somebody walking down the hall. And I'm, I'm like, I got to defend myself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You got to defend yourself. I could, but here's the sad part with in that occasion. Mm-hmm. The lady on the outside the door, she knocks on the door. And I don't answer, but I have mm. a dagger in my hand. Uh-huh. I end up finding out later on, it, won't, it wasn't somebody trying to rob him. They had already left. It was somebody who was at this crack house. Oh, my God. And I could have stabbed her and killed her because I didn't have any business being there. And because I'm scared, if she would have came in there, I would have stabbed her. You would have stabbed her. I would have. Because you would have thought you were protecting yourself. Exactly. Because I didn't have any business being there. And Ooh. kids need to understand that, like... You thinking you're having fun and you you thinking that you, well, this person gets me because I was yeah. dating a guy. This person gets me and you can be in situations that change your life forever. You can ring some bells that they can't be unrung. Yeah. And you could end up like locked away forever. That's it. Forever. That's it. Yeah. I've listened to some podcasts where people are, I mean, just one bad well, one bad decision. Bad decision. That's I say that's kind of how do I'm over. always going through life is you're just one bad decision away from being on the other side of the yeah. bars. I mean, honestly, you you get caught up in the wrong situation just because you're mm-hmm. at the wrong place. That's all it takes. All it takes. Yeah. The yep. wrong person. The wrong decision. Like the guy that I was dealing with, it took twelve years to break being in dysfunction with him and I wasn't even I was a side chick so I wasn't even a main person that he was dealing with but it affected my life in such a way I have internal and external scars from that so you had 12 years of a dysfunctional relationship with him oh yeah oh man yeah yeah that's a long time that's a long time it really is so with that being said what made you get out of that well Oh, and I apologize. Let me define side chick for those who do not know. <laughs> she won't the main means one. that you are not the main one. You are not the wife or the main girlfriend that they deal with. You are the person they come to see for the jump off, which is sex or it's, hanging yes. around them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I was a side chick. 
And so in in that I met him when I was 18. Yeah. Met him when I was 18 and it was simply a thing. I met him through the ex-boyfriend, the one where I was uh-uh. fighting and ended up in a ditch. So he and I were not going together. He yeah. said he needed to go somewhere. He was like, oh, Dad, you know, I, I'm needing some money. And I thought he was going to borrow money from a yeah. friend. I was green on this one. Uh-oh. And I go. I don't realize we had a trap house, a place where they sell crack. Oh. I didn't realize we was at a trap house. And he was going to see the drug dealer to re-up. To get some drugs to sell. And oh, so... Look at you. I, you're educating me today. I'm, I'm just, you know, because people listen, they be like, what's a trap house? What's re-up? You know, anybody. Because yeah. again, I was green to it. I didn't know. I'd been around people who sold drugs, but I had not been directly in the environment. So this dude has taken me to the environment. And this guy comes walking down the hall and I liked the way he was walking. I was like, Oh, you know, he was real confident. He walks down the hall and I'm flirting with him and playing with a little gold chain he had and everything. He was like, Oh, you with him? I was like, nah. And he was like, Oh, you know, you can come by every now and then. I was like, all right. You know, in my mind, I'm not trying to be in a relationship with him. I liked the way he looked and I honestly only had sex on my mind. I didn't think anything of myself i didn't think oh my body is a temple i wasn't taught that even though i came up in church no one had the real conversation of yo your body's a temple you're somebody i had low self-esteem and everything so i'm sitting here flirting and everything and i ended up going back and that sexual relationship started there and then unfortunately i caught feelings and he was Excellent at manipulating and do what he do. He was already staying with someone. He had children. He had three Did children. Did you know about the children and the? I knew he. Uh, yes, I knew he had a. I think I knew about the one he was staying with with the kids. I don't think initially I knew about the oldest one, but I wasn't worried about it because I wasn't trying to be in a relationship with him. But okay. then, again, I caught feelings. Yeah, and then it was like. People talk about sexually transmitted diseases, but they don't talk about sexually, I'm not sexual, spiritually transmitted diseases and the way you get connected to people when you're joining in with them in sex. Yeah. And that was just this, this, it's not a scriptural thing, but some of us refer to it as a soul tie. Yeah. And I was connected to this dude for years. And uh, I know not everyone on. believes that. We were raised that way, and then some of my opinions have actually changed over the years, mm-hmm. but that could also be because I've, I've literally only been with one person. Gotcha. I'm fortunate. I consider myself fortunate to have you only are. been with Sean. Um, but yeah, like, I would imagine you get connected. I wonder if men feel the same way about soul ties as women, because I think Ooh. we are so emotional. I was just wondering that myself. Yeah, we connect emotionally. And I know for men, it's very physical. But, like, let's say I have a joining with my husband. Let's just uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. And let's just say that in this particular joining, I don't care about getting anything for Adrian. Mm-hmm. There is still... it. This sounds like a lot. It brings me joy to, <laughs> to make sure that my husband is satisfied and happy. Gotcha. That may be from those soul ties. I don't know. Or is it just because you care? Or is it just because I care about you as a person? I don't know. I don't know. There's this a lot to think about. That is a lot to think about. And here is the thing. Because I want to be clear and I want to be honest. Yeah. Unfortunately, in my life, because I did not think a lot of myself. Yeah. 
I have dealt with multiple men. Yeah. Now, and when I say that, and nothing against anybody who's doing that, I'm talking about my life. Yeah, and there's no and, judgment from yeah. us at all. So I'm like, fine on that. But yeah. where I'm going with that is, with this particular person, they end up being that soul tie. With other guys, it's like a hidden and quitted. Like they say, stereotypically, men are, and all men are not that way. Some men oh. do. Some people are emotionally vested yeah, when yeah. they're dealing with, with. But I wasn't always that way. But with this particular one, it happened. Oh, jeez. And he got you. Yeah. Oh, bless. Yeah. And I don't. There was a time where I would look at it as though I was the victim. Yeah. And now I just look at it as no, I didn't think enough of myself. Because there's, when I got older and more mature, because yeah. it wasn't just age, it was more mature, but having a love for myself yeah. shifted everything and the type of man that I attracted. That's what I was just thinking. You didn't love Ty enough not at back all. then, but I imagine now, yeah. if you were out new, you're not out new mm -hmm. looking for a relationship, but if you were, I imagine you treat it completely different now because totally. you love yourself and you've put in a lot of work. Totally, totally. He wouldn't get... The time of day, you right? Even get conversation. I ain't even talking to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I love that though. Yeah, I love it that you have, um, you've evolved and you've matured. It's a lot of and work. That you're you're you are just always changing. So. It's a lot of work, which is one of the reasons why you, again, why I'm so passionate when I'm dealing with my young people. Yes, I'm straightforward with them. I'm like, look, I was a side chick. This is what resulted from it. Yeah, this is because of. My view of myself, your most important relationship, if you're a person of faith, God, and then there's you. Yeah. If it's not a person of faith, no judgment there. But your most important relationship outside of God is the one that you have with yourself. And it drives how you show up in life. Or as you say, Ooh, how you, you do life. Truth. You are telling the truth. Because for years I hated myself. Or, or I had a lot of negative self-talk. And just the other year I began to love myself. Mm -hmm. And it is such a freeing thing. Say that. To love yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it has just been amazing. And when mm -hmm. people ask me, well, how did you get to that point? I don't know what changed. Mm. I don't know, but self-realization. Maybe I you don't know. know. Nothing like self-awareness. Yeah, because if you're not even aware that you hate yourself, you'll never love yourself. Indeed. So you, you know, you have to come through accepting and changing. Yeah. Yeah. There. I'm glad to be where I am now, though. It is such a freeing thing. Like what we were both saying just then. I want to ask you, what do you do with the youth? Can you explain that for us? Ah. This must be a passion because she got all excited, y'all. I'm seeing yes. nothing but pearly white teeth. Yes. Uh, before you even get started there, I just want to say if, if you've never interacted with Ty, obviously most people listening haven't unless they're friends of yours. Yeah. She's all about doing stuff. All about doing <laughs> what type stuff. of stuff, Sean? Anything community relation oriented Wait, is what I, I see with my eyes. You know what I see? Promoting positive change. Yes. Yeah. Increasing awareness. Just ah, there's just so much to tie. There's so Go many layers. Marketing. But what I love about she pushes tie is greatness. She that's does. what I do. I push <laughs> greatness. Search greatness. the hashtag. There's even a T-shirt. I have. It. There is. Yes, yes. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I love that about you. You make me think on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And what I love too about our relationship is that um, we're going to take George Floyd for instance. Last year when mm -hmm. that happened and that was such a tragic time. You helped me understand mm. things that as a white woman, wow. I didn't understand. Wow. And you helped me come to a place where I understood mm -hmm. and I thought differently. I processed mm -hmm. it differently. Now, will I ever feel the pain you feel? Mm -hmm. No, 
I don't think I will because I don't, I don't, I don't Coming know. Coming from it from two different places. Yeah, yeah we're two different, two different perspectives. We're two different places. And lived experiences. Yeah, two mm-hmm. completely different life experiences too. Um, am I burdened? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does my heart hurt? Yes. Yeah, but I think there's people. a whole different, I think it's a whole different emotion for you. It's so mm-hmm. much stronger and harder and. There's a lot, well, but you educate, and I love that. So what do you do? I'm sorry. There we go. What do we do with our young people? What do you do with the young people? You went over a lot there. She was pushing <laughs> that great. You did. You did. But There's I, so much to tie. With both of you, you helped. For those who want to know what does tie do, what is tie about, I push greatness. Yes. I push greatness that I see in people to – sometimes people don't understand their strengths, their skills, their value – what they bring to the table, some of the things that you do naturally. Like you people naturally, everyone doesn't have that ability. Some people don't even have that desire, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? But everyone doesn't do that. I connect people. I do that very easily. So I utilize the way that God created me, that shape in which I'm created, to pull that out of other folks, to connect folks, to connect people to great things, to connect people to each other, to connect people to resources. That's what I love doing with my youth. That is what I do in them. I love um, mentoring. I know what it is to hate yourself. I know what it is to struggle, to deal with depression, to deal with suicidal ideations, to deal with self-harm. Uh, to to deal with issues within the family, not having yeah. healthy relationships with your parents. I get all of that. So I strive to support our youth in those areas. I, I love what we're doing right now. We're in partnership. Ty Connects LLC is in partnership with Stand Up Speak Out of North Carolina uh, with the partnership of Hike to Connect. So uh-huh. And we start back up in March. We started Hike. last That's year. Yes. H-I-K-E. Okay. The yep. number two connect okay so over the pandemic i started hiking i'd been looking at the at pictures of the eno river which yes. is in durham for a while i'm like oh my gosh it's so beautiful one day i'm gonna go one day i'm gonna go and then during the pandemic i had time because i was on furlough at uh, work yes and i started hiking and then my sister and my niece we started hiking yeah and then we started with uh some other folks and it was just like, wow, this is so cathartic and this grounding and this connecting with, with nature, with God. has just been awesome. So, again, that's been going on for like two years. And last year, because I'm connected with people who work with the youth in the community, they were saying, man, these, these teens, they're talking about they just want to get out. And they just they feel so isolated yes. and everything else. I said, oh, we need to take them out. I said, How do you feel about hiking? They're like, yeah. And I said, OK, so. Ties usually just jump and run and do. <laughs> Sean knows that. That's another story. <laughs> yeah. That ends up with me in a river. But <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. <laughs> might end up discussing that. But on this one, I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this right. So I went ahead, did my articles in corporation for Ty Connects LLC yeah. to do that with the business model, make sure you cover with insurance and all those different things. And I got with Monica Day, who is the phenomenal executive director of Stand Up Speak out of North Carolina, a 501c3 that serves children and teens who are witnesses and survivors of domestic violence and sexual abuse, but also serves the families as well through a modality called Art Heals or Healing Through Art. I apologize. Healing Through Art. So in that, I got with her and I said, look, how do you feel about it being a partnership? This is what's going on. This is what I provide. Uh, 
y'all can do the registrations and get the data and everything else. And uh, she was like, sure. Yeah. That we can work that. And we started Hike to Connect. Now, mind you, the model for that that I had, I was initially going to do that with life coaching and do it with adults. Yeah. But when this opportunity happened with the kids and they really needed this, I'm like, well, we're just going to do this with the kids. Yeah. And we did the first one, had a couple of kids, because uh, a lot of them had stuff going on with school. And yeah. then the second one came about, and then I was asked, can parents come too? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. 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 Sure, the parents can come, but we need to find a way to separate the groups because the kids need their space. Yeah. And so yeah. I hit up my friend, uh, Keisha Sandage. And she's also with Stand Up Speak Out. Mm-hmm. We've been with Stand Up Speak Out for a while. And I said, sis, so I know initially you were going to help me with the teens, but can you lead the adults? Because parents are asking to come. She was like, bet, and down for it. Yeah. She led the adults. My sister and I led the kids. Well, she and some of Stand Up Speak Out, there was enough volunteers for us to do the two separate groups, and we made sure that everyone was covered. And so that's what that's what we're doing with them, and what, what got me the most, y'all. You connect and everybody. Look, co- connecting them, connecting them with other people, connecting them with nature, connecting them with that self dialogue that they have going on, mm-hmm. uh, helping them to detach from the electronics. And yeah. we went out, and we ended up being by the water. And this was when I know we were on point. Mm-hmm. When I said, "Okay, y'all, you know, we're, we're getting ready to go." And I was like, can we wait a few minutes? Can we sit here a little bit longer? Because they loved it, the peace. Exactly. And that's one of the things I said, what are y'all getting from this? They talked about, you know, feeling peaceful, the less anxiety, the being detached from the phone to just having a place to just be able to breathe. Wow. You make me want to show up at the river right now. I, we need to go. I mean, like, go. I really, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Come on, come on. I mean, on. it's warm outside. I, I know our last, but thing. our last water experience wasn't a good one. But yeah, that's, so do you that's honestly where I go if I want to relax and just it's, space out, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Something about so water. Just be. Just in, you know, in water, around water, on water. Yes. Water, you know. It's yeah. very healing. And it nature, is very healing. Nature. I've been thinking that lately. You know, we've had a lot of health issues in our home and a lot of stress over the last few weeks. And when I was in the hospital, one of my first thoughts were, I want this year to go lay in a field that's full mm. of flowers. Wow. And I just want to be there. I just want to be there for a while. Yes. And just sit. Yes. And See, I, can, I, can, I couldn't do that. I'd be thinking really? about bugs. I'd be thinking Well, about, you are a pest control like, tech. Critters and poison ivy. What well, am I laying in? Oh, yeah. in my in my mind, <laughs> I get that. I have a cleared path in my mind. The flowers are on the sides, baby. Oh, yeah. My mind is treating it a little different than where your mind's going, but that's ah, fine. Ah, that's fine. I mean, my mind's you. just being weird. I cleared a path already. I made it clean. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that's going to be. Yeah. I'm going to find it. But so also, somebody like, went before you to prepare your place. Is they that did, what just like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is going before me to prepare my I field flowers. I hear me clapping in the background. That was funny to me. It's fine. But yeah, Jesus has gone to prepare my flower field. He's going to yes. help me find it. But also like the idea of going this year and sitting in front of a body of water and just just being. Yeah. Sitting there in that peace. Mm-hmm. The idea of it because we stay so busy and we have so much and there's just something I think that nature can we can get it's healing. It's we can get. And what you were talking about with the hiking, that's a new thing, isn't it? Cuz I remember you posting about it and that was yeah, fairly hike recently. Co- hike to Connect officially started last year. I want to say in October. 
I want to say in October. Oh, wow. Because uh, November. About a quarter and December. a half in. Yeah, so October was when we had a couple of young ones, a couple of teens. Then November happened, and when we were coming out of the park, people were grilling that food was smelling so mm. good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the kids like, we need to do that. We was like, wait, you want food? I said, okay. yeah. God would stand up, speak out. And was like, they want food. And when I posted, because I was looking on getting, you know, how can we get this donated and everything yeah. else? John Rooks Jr. out of Durham, North Carolina, donated food. I know That's that amazing. name. Did he run? For, is he? Did he, he did. Get, he did, did run. He or ran no? for uh, a commissioner's County seat. County commissioner or something. Yeah. Oh wow. He ran for a commissioner. He unfortunately he didn't get it. Ah. And I was like, doggone it. Because I know him personally. He's out in the streets doing work. So John wow. Rich Jr., he was like, oh, that's my birthday. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah. He was like, I got you, sis. And he met me at the place and got the buns and all these wow. different things. And Jasmine Scott, she had the the burners and all these different things. Like, everyone came together and just made it happen. So Stand Up Speak Out made it happen. John, he made it happen. Um, Mr. Tabron, Mr. Dennis Tabron out of Bun, North Carolina, one of my mentors, he was like, I'll pay for the food to get grilled because there was a burn ban because we were going to do it there. I was like, oh, oh. we're going to do it cooking this food. And yes. he paid for that to get taken care of. So all of those things happened. The kids had a great time. The family had a great time. We did our stretching and stuff together. We did mindfulness together. Wow. We created art out in nature, putting little pieces together. It was just beautiful. And then Stand Up Speak Out was like, we want to continue this. So That's amazing. We're starting back the first Saturday in March. I was about to ask, are you able to do it right now or do you have to wait for the warmer weather? So I guess that answers that question. And yeah. how often? Uh, we will we will do that. Starting off, we're going to be doing that once a month with them. I'll be hiking more than that. I'm looking at offering more on Saturdays throughout the week. Some different different types of hikes mm -hmm. for people. Some people who may want to do some one on ones. Some people who want to do groups. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at doing through Ty Connects LLC. Who runs Hike to Connect? It's a collaboration between my organization and Stand Up Speak Out of North Carolina. So to okay. register. It's, a, it's the partnership, basically. Yes, and it's free. Let me reiterate that it's free. Just go to susonc.org. S-U-S-O-N-C.org. Okay. Yes. So what is that? What Sam Umbrellas, Sam. Onion. Onion. <laughs> uh NC North Carolina. North Carolina dot org. Yes. We totally jacked that up no, it's for fine. phonetics it's, it'll or whatever. Be fun for people, right? Yeah. So what are your age ranges for, for who's hiking with you? Right just now? when I was on the phone before I came yes. in here today, I was just on the phone with Monica and we're looking at right now it's twelve to eighteen. Okay. That's what it is right now. But because we want to serve the families, we're looking at opening it up to starting at five years old. Mm -hmm. That part hasn't switched yet, but that's what we're looking at. Like literally, 
Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, literally before I came through the door, that's what I was sitting on the porch talking about because we want to be able to serve the families. The thing is that we just need to have more volunteers because yeah. Stand Up Speak Out is about safety. I'm about safety. So we do background checks yeah, for yeah. our volunteers, for people who are interested in that. And having said that, for those who are interested in coming and being volunteers at Stand Up Speak Out of North Carolina mm-hmm. or specifically for Hike to Connect, please go to susonc.org and fill out the interest form. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. How long is I was about to ask. How long is the hike? <laughs> the hike, so the hike is... Because you know that'd be mattering to some people. Right, and it makes sense. So we start at 10. It's from 10 to 1 because we're going to be serving food afterwards. I thought she was we, saying 10 miles. Heck no. <laughs> I'll like, do it, but I ain't taking name, no group. Jesus, 10 no, miles. I'll do it. Bro. Are y'all using the same trail every time, or do you switch we're it up? We're alternating this year because I've been screaming about how great the Eno is, and Monica, she knows about the Eno. We've actually been out there hiking. So we're alternating. The one that's in March is going to be on Harrison Avenue at William B. Umstead. Yeah. Okay. That's where we're going to be at. And what I love about that is getting to the water is only about 20 minutes in. Okay. And yeah. then there's a place to sit. And this time, uh, Monica has set it up where we're going to, on alternating trips, we'll have a transformational coach and a yoga instructor that's going to be going with us. They may not be out there at the same time every time, yeah. but they're going to be coming on some of the hikes, which is awesome. Adrian's fallen in love with parts of yoga here lately. Just this week. Awesome. Yeah, well, so I had a friend offer me a yoga nidra session, which is uh, yoga nidra is a period that is it's a, it's a place. And for y'all that don't can't see, Ty has the same expression on her face that y'all are having right now. What? Yeah, like, yeah. What? She's like, what is that? But... Um, it's the space between wakefulness and sleep. And so this week I did this session. And um, so the lady that teaches it is, is, you know, certified, trained, whatever. She's a friend of mine and she offered it because she saw the stress and she said, mm. I feel like you could use this. Ty, when I got done, I had so much peace. Wow. And when I got home, I was not willing for anything to disturb my peace. Guard it. Fiercely. I yeah, love it. me and Sean, it was a little stressful in our home because we've been dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. And I felt that. And I basically was like, I love you, but I was going to sit down here. I feel like I need to go up and just take a bath and have time because I need to keep my peace. Peaceful but what's choice. crazy is I'd also had some, uh, some trauma in my life yeah. that bubbled forth that night yes, in a very powerful way. And I was like, what the heck? But yeah, the, uh, the yoga nidra is like, you feel like you've rested. You feel like you've been asleep. And when you're done, the session I did with her was probably 40 minutes. The session I did, I did a YouTube session later this week mm-hmm. and it was 50 minutes. It felt like 15. That was effective too. The one on YouTube. Yes. Oh, it was it was very interesting, but I'll tell you this too, and I know this is uh, your podcast. So I don't want to get too into detail. You're not bothering me. This is helping me, right? Well, you never know. But it was it was very interesting. So I, she asked, "Do you want your body to tell you a message, or would you like there's there's more than one option?" And I was like, "Well, what would you do?" And she said, she would ask her body with all the health issues I've been having to tell her a message. So. I, you know, you go into this yoga nest, which is like a very relaxing type place where you're I was on the floor I was on my back I could be on my side if I needed to there was a pillow under me um I want to say there was a pillow under my legs maybe a weighted blanket on my stomach Mm. a little um like herbal um 
pack on my eyes yeah. so that my eyes felt they were they were shut. And then because I'm cold natured, she wrapped me with a blanket too. So I was very cozy. Yeah. And the music was relaxing. The ambiance of the room was just very relaxing. And um, as she's talking, you know, part of it is you feel like you're sinking into the ground. And you're just letting yourself be. And but. Essentially, without explaining the whole entire thing to you, I had to ask my body, you know, do you have a message for me? Yeah. And I heard in my brain, I mean, I, I don't know, your body is worth being whole. Come on. I, I love did. that. I felt that very strongly. And I was like, okay. Well, then there came a time in the session where I had to put that to the side and I was going to create a sanctuary in my mind. It could be blank nothing or it could be a place i'd been or somewhere i wanted to go yeah. i ended up on the beach in puerto rico sitting it was one of the things sean and i did was very relaxing i in my mind i could see the waves hear the waves yes. feel the sand between my fingers i could turn around mentally in my mind i wasn't moving physically but mentally i could turn and i could see the trees and the wind in the trees and the palm trees but here's the deal when she told me I had to put my message to the side, I didn't want to. I felt very stingy. No, I just got this message. I'm not putting it to the side. This is my message. Yes. And in my mind, I saw myself um, take my message in my hand and go put it in a treasure box. Nice. And I wrapped that treasure box with a soft blue blanket and I stuck it on the left side of my mind, yeah. which is really weird because the left side of my body is what has given me issues. Like very weird still. very weird very interesting yeah but um the you know it was it was amazing i felt great the next day though was my first day going to a chiropractor for my issues and when i stood up from my work desk immediately my mind i heard my body is worth being whole and uh -huh. it started repeating in my head and i was like what I was like, this is crazy. So, like, I've decided to get a journal and to maybe start writing yes. some of this and to work on my peace and yes. my wellness. Thank you. Yeah. Like, yes. I just, and I know this is, it's, it's Ty's day, but I had to throw no, that in there. This wait, is. That, okay, so Ty Connects encompasses so many things. Yes. That's why I choose, I, I chose Ty Connects. That's a lie. My, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't choose the name. Mm -hmm. My friend Ebony, one uh, I know like four Ebony's. One of my friends Ebony's when I was uh, when I was talking about helping with like marketing and helping yes. people with branding and things of that nature years ago. Uh -huh. And she was like, "Yeah, you know, you could tell people they can get this package. They've been tie connected." And oh. I was like, "Oh, she was like, yeah, because tie connects." I was like, "Yo, I love I that. Love that." And yeah. I never used it in that manner. I never did it. But you know how Sean mentioned I push greatness. Yes. Because that's what I do with people who have businesses and, and all those different things. Yeah. That I kept the name. So when I started the LLC last year, yes. and I'm like, what's the name? Oh, this is going to be Ty Connect. I love that. So going back to what you said, I connect people to what they stand in need of. Yes. And with the wellness component, that's why Hike to Connect is. Yeah. It's to help our young people with wellness and ended up growing and being more than I initially thought is connecting families to wellness. So oh, when you're wow. sharing that, that's something I'm going to try. And it may be something that I will share with someone else. Yeah. To connect them to another component of wellness. That is, that's like God 
ministry, family, wellness. Those are the main things in my yeah. life right now that matter to me. It's And it's become more reinforced during this pandemic. Wow. That people are just struggling with wellness. They are struggling. And I, um, all the things that happened in my body recently were a result of stress. Yeah. They really were. It triggered a response. There was already probably these issues brewing and yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. And when I had a very big climax of stress, yeah. they all popped out. Yeah. And I mean, literally this week I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown, but that also the next day is when I had my first session and then I enjoyed it so much. I did it with, um, I have a family member right now that's going through something very tragic and um, they live in my home with me. And I asked them, would they consider doing it with me? Yeah. And we went and we did it together. And we both, when we were done, we were like, whoa. That is awesome. It felt like a natural high. Like you just felt good inside. And I was like, wow, my spirit needed that, just that moment of rest. Indeed. Yes. So it's good. So, um, but you've definitely inspired me. You got me thinking I might want to try to hike sometime. Yes, indeed. But I might want to go out there with your young people. I'm here for I, it. I, yeah, I want to yeah, go I'm, check it out. I'm pass totally that background, Adrian. What's that? You got to pass I, that. I, I love the fact that when you said that, because I was like, I am definitely getting ready to pull Adrian in, so I need her to go ahead and get this background checked Right, out. right. Like, guess what to... my brain was. I'm like, oh, you're about to be a Suso volunteer for real. Oh, I got, so I got a thing. For, I would love to. Yeah. I would love to work with, you know, just, and, and you never know. My friend that taught me, you never know what, if she might be willing to help with some yoga but stuff. Come she on is, here. She is. And we need more, like, we need community. And yeah. so many people are saying, like, even people who are introverted are finding, I still need community. Because people do. think because folks are introverted, they don't like people. Like, I, no, you still need people. We, but people who are introverted do like people. I just don't want a bunch of y'all at one time. And I do better with one-on-one. -on -one, yes. And it takes a lot of energy. And I have to go back and recharge. It's like, we need to have more of those conversations of what introverted and extroverted personalities look like. Oh, I agree with like. that, too. But the point that I'm making is the community. Yes. Like some folks have found they've been so introverted that when they're going through, they don't have anyone to call on. Yeah. And that's a, it's a bad place to be. It's not a good place. Yeah. Because I definitely feel like if there's mental health issues mm -hmm. there or substance abuse, I mean, that can just be something oh, you, easily, exacerbated. you easily fall into things maybe you shouldn't fall into yeah. like the self-harm yes suicidal i mean a lot of people battle suicidal thoughts on yes. the daily multiple times a day Indeed. and you don't know that they're going through it at all you have no idea because they keep they, they're quiet about it so earlier you were mentioning the internal and the external scars with the relationship you were in the 12-year relationship with um with mr multiple chick man yeah <laughs> um what do you mean by that internal and external scars? So the internal scars is just the e emotional uh, trauma that came from it. Be so this is where it goes very deep. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm in such a place that I'm so far removed that when I tell the story, people are like, what? So yeah. that means that obviously I don't have remnants of it on me. Yeah. So start dealing with a guy when I was 18 years old. He had two children's mothers he had three children one was the oldest girl mm -hmm. with one woman two was a son and daughter with the one he was currently living with okay i was not supposed to be trying to get in a relationship with them i just it was a sex thing i ended up catching feelings and ended up being a side chick for quite sometimes like just on and off we might have sex and see each other and 
these different things. He was also a drug dealer, okay. which went against how I was raised. One, just out there sexing, but how I was raised. My folks worked. My mother was working yeah, two or three jobs. Yeah. My grandfather was working up till maybe in his 70s or late 60s. Oh, wow. Like, we were taught that if you want something, you go out there and work. I was working when I was 15 years old. Yeah. You know, so, it, and I would look at drug dealers like, why are you doing that? But yeah, yeah. I threw all my values out the window dealing with this dude. Because, because you didn't love yourself? I didn't love myself. I didn't care about myself. So I just had this dude that was showing me attention and made me laugh and, and cutting up and the sex, getting off, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so in that, and he had a great opportunity to string me along. So it was cool. And and I went willingly. And were so, you looking for value Absolutely. In him or just a good time or both, maybe? I wanted to be special. And I thought at some point I was going to be special. He like, he spun this thing up. Oh, she do her thing. We stay together, but she do her thing and I do my thing. Like, had oh, that going yeah. on. Uh, yeah. And then he ended up getting arrested and going to prison. So oh. I must have been... In my, I'm trying to figure out, was I in my mid-20s before that happened? Yeah. Before that happened. I'm, and I apologize, I'm trying to, the, no, the, time, the time timeline time now. Line, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the timeline because at one point, I was going to go to the military. That's what it okay. was. So, everything had been happening with this man and uh, I just... I, I just, I couldn't shake him, couldn't get him out, out of my system, anything yeah. like that. And I was, I was like, I got to leave. I got to, I just got to, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I am going to go to, I'm going to the military. My father That's was a big the old army. difference. Yeah. I yeah, was like, yeah. I'm going to the military. I can't get this doggone man out of my system. I got to get away from him. And I've always been a big girl. So I knew I had to lose weight and... I took the the pre ASVAB uh -huh. and I needed to come up on math. I needed okay. to come up on math. So I'm like, you know what? I went to my aunt's. My aunt stays in New York. She stayed in New York. She's passed away. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the Army. I'm just going to leave and deploy from New York. And I'm up there. And while I'm up there, he gets locked up. Oh. And... Still end up speaking with him on the phone and, and stuff like that. But I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. And I, what ends up happening? All of these crazy things happen. I didn't end up going to the army. I came back home. Um, end up, I'm working and, and it's just a whole lot of stuff in there. But here, the crazy part ends up happening is that I end up visiting this man while he's in prison. Okay. This yeah. is where the crazy stuff at. Was it like the glass wall kind of situation, or Not just the, see him in a room? That's at the jail. Okay. Okay. That's at the jail. So these it movies wasn't. have confused me. Let <laughs> me tell you something. People, you don't have no prison jail experience. So. And I'm happy <laughs> for bit. you. That one time we did some prison ministry. That was different. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> like even just to to help you out. Yeah. Even with in the jails that you see that people are always behind bars. Yeah. That ain't reality. That depends on what what type of jail that you're in. Because yeah. I worked at Durham County Detention Facility. Okay. And we worked in these pods. So it's 
open, the guys come out the cells and oh. you are in there with them. Okay, yeah. So somebody can come and tap you on your shoulder. They shouldn't. They should not touch you. I'd be, but, I'd be and it's to touch one you person. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. And a lot of times it was one person that like I would be in there and it'd be 30 plus men. Yeah. In a pod. So people think they're behind bars. It's like, yeah. no. And you are outnumbered. I never had any problem in the jail. I that was I rocked that out. But Yeah. You so, seem fiery. I would mess with you. I, but here is the thing. It was simply because of mutual respect. I think that's yeah. important. That was the that was how I as a female in my twenties was able to hold it down with dealing with men who were accused of raping folks, murdering people yeah. and all these different things. Mind you, I say accused. Some of them did do it and some of them didn't. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't have issues in there because I treated people with mutual respect. I didn't act like I had this authority because I had on this uniform. Well, because again, going back to what Sean said, ooh. I was one step off of being where they was at I did plenty of things I just didn't get caught that for I didn't sell drugs preach. the whole thing right preach. but I was around folks I didn't kill anyone but I could have it was so many things that I could have done yeah. and been locked up and I didn't so back to with this guy uh, I was visiting him while he was in, in prison and I remember the oldest child's mother being there at the same time I was and he's like well I couldn't see my kids unless she bring them oh, and that's Lord. the only reason there's nothing going on and I'm just so dumb and just not loving myself that I'm just gonna accept this this is just oh, what it man. is and I remember at one point in my mind thinking I didn't care anymore about my happiness I wanted to make him happy Ooh. like we had these plans of of or in my mind we we said it he said it about you know, like trying to get married and all those different things when yes. he get out and he got himself together and and me in this mind of I'm gonna hold him down like we, just it's that's another thing that's glorified sometimes in the community of I can't speak about the white community I can yeah. speak about the black community that for a number of of us there's a sector of some of the young women mm-hmm. who are like I'm gonna hold it down I got him I'm his ride or die and and that person, what we're fighting for is not worth fighting for. I won't say the person, but that relationship won't nothing. It, it was it was very wow. dysfunctional. There was there wasn't a foundation there. There was no healthy foundation. There was nothing yeah. to hold down. Let me say it that way. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing to hold down. So all of that happened. Uh, I finally stopped dealing with him for a few years. Because he, he was in Butner. Then he went to Maryland. I stopped dealing with him for a few years. Yeah. And then later on, I was talking to his brother, who I still had a great relationship Aww. with. I love Woot. Great relationship with him. And he was like, oh, yeah, he get married. He did what? So he's getting married. He was getting out. And he was he was, he was was at a halfway house or something. And he was getting married. And I remember going I said, oh, okay, well, who he get married to? And then he said the one who was coming and visiting at the prison that he said he didn't have nothing going on with. Line. Yeah. yeah, you hear my country coming out. He ain't had nothing <laughs> going on. <laughs> and I was like, either I wrote a letter or went off. And somehow we ended up on the phone. Oh. I said, I knew. I said the whole time. Now, mind you, I had not dealt with this man in about three years. Yeah. Three years of getting myself together. Yeah. But still feeling that thing of that pull, I, that pull. There's a pull. and I knew it. And, and he was like, "Well, you won't dealing with me because when I finally had a moment to break from him, yeah. I didn't deal with him for three years." And he was like, "Well, this is what was going on." And somehow I ended up visiting him while he was at this this halfway house yeah. in between on probation. 
And he ends up saying, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get married. And I was like, man, you ain't going to marry her. I was like, you know what? As a matter of fact, if you do marry her, you let me know. I'll congratulate you. Uh-oh. And time, time passed. It was a very short period of time. And he ends up, uh, again, we end up on the phone. And we're having a conversation. And it came up that he did get married. I was like, what? You really did do Uh-oh. it? Uh-oh. I said, well, you know, congratulations. She loved you. That's cool. Like, she she going to deal with stuff that but I ain't going to deal with. But on the inside, you were probably like. I would I would tell you oof. what on the inside I was like she's willing to deal with stuff that I ain't willing to deal with so yeah. more power to her whatever mm-hmm. she gonna get what come with that but oh the horrible mistake is that we acted like we could be friends I cannot speak from his point of view yeah. and say that he ever thought we could be friends I in my mind thought we could. And boundaries were absolutely crossed because as soon as he got married, I had no business being in, in contact with him at all. I get that, yeah. At all, at all. But I did. And then next thing you know, we going our own lunch You were lunch still connected dates. to him. You were still connected. Still freaking connected and still not thinking enough of myself. Yeah. And going out on lunch dates. And next thing you know, we're having sex. Yeah. I mean, well, it We're having happen. sex. We had, and, and I, I want to say the amount of times that it was like, Maybe about five or six times. Here yeah. is and and it's like, well, Ty, why are you talking about the amount of times? Because people, it didn't even take a full. The way to say it, it wasn't some full on relational affair that took place over years. Yeah. It was a short period of time that caused so much freaking damage Darn. because I got pregnant. Oh, oh no. I got pregnant. Wow. And I don't even know if it was... No, I said six times. I don't even think it was six times. But I got pregnant. And mind you, I'd been dealing with this man since I was 18 years old. And then there was a break of maybe about like five years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then he married and I got pregnant. I never got pregnant before. Never been pregnant a day in my life. Never been pregnant. And this man is married. And I have crossed boundaries that I never thought I'd be crossing. Yeah. And now I'm pregnant. And I called. I'd gotten sick. Yeah. I was uh, I was in between jobs. Uh-huh. I was doing like day labor where you work the same day. You get paid the same day. Yeah, yeah. And I was working there. and But I walked into Food Lion and I felt nauseous. I was Uh-oh. like, I've dealt with nausea before. Or, you know, just random nausea. Not, I was no like, big this deal. Is, yeah, it's no big deal. That sucks. Then yeah. I'm looking, I'm like, where's my period? My period. And I go and I take the test. And I walked away from the test because being sexually active, I had late periods before and I was yeah. overweight. So I had crazy stuff going oh, on with that. my period. I too. And so I walked away from it a long time. I ain't paying attention to it. I come back, I see two lines. Were you like, uh-oh. I, I dropped to the floor. Like I dropped to, I like in this crouch position. I'm like, obviously this is broken. So let me go get another one. Uh Oh, and I stood by it. And as soon as I dropped it on there, it was like two lines. And I was, I was like, I cannot, I cannot be pregnant. I cannot be pregnant. Oh, and I forgot to mention the part that I was actually preparing for an initial sermon. Y'all. Uh, Dang. You, were, you were preparing for what? An initial sermon. Oh, preach. Oh, at the same time, at the same time. Wow. So now it just shows how, no life is perfect. Not at all. It ain't perfect. It ain't. And I, I, I want to mention that because I need the people to know all the ugly. All yeah. the ugly that came with that because... That's being real. All those years, 
I'd been working on building myself up. Yeah. And I and it got torn down just like that. You fell into old habits. And, and exactly. Which and obviously he hadn't changed any Oh no. You know, during that time. So hey, if anything no. was going to change, it's he gonna was be gonna hit that. Uh, yes, sir. He was. Yes, sir. You know. And then just like boom. So all that time I was getting myself together because I got called into ministry in 2006. Okay, yeah. So, and, you know, just ran and wasn't trying to do ministry or anything like that. And I started getting myself together. Ooh. And then everything happened with him as somehow I'm having sex. One, I'm having sex. And then uh, outside of marriage. And then I'm having sex with this married man. And then I am pregnant. And Ooh. it just... That's it was a lot to unload. A, it was a, a perfect storm. Yeah. And I look and I, um, I'm pregnant and I call him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, how you doing, whatever. And I said, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? You're pregnant? Oh. Like, yeah. And he's excited. What? Oh. He's oh excited. My God. Because I can't. I, let me say this. I cannot say why he was excited, but. He he didn't go through a thing of it's not mine, this is bad or anything. He'd already acted like he wasn't the happiest in his marriage anyway. He never talked about coming and trying to be with me. He just spoke about it like he'd made a mistake. Yeah. And that whatever. Yeah. Because it's whatever. But when I'm telling him this and he's all excited, I'm sitting here like, dude... I am supposed to be preparing for an initial sermon. Yeah. You are married. This, we ain't trying to be together. Like, what is this? What is it? Yeah. What is this? We finally and need you to define this now. It, you know. it just got really real. It just got real. And, and, and I can remember the moment that I said, I need $25 to go to the, the clinic, the regular, yeah. uh, the re- community clinic yeah just go get checked out everybody go to yeah so i was like i need to go to make sure this is real this is really happening he told me he didn't have 25 dollars, and that was the moment i said i'm in this by myself yeah i was i knew right then i'm like if you can't even give me 25 dollars, okay so i know that i'm about to be a single mom yep got it duly noted okay and so i go in they check me out they verify that i am pregnant i was like six weeks it was like okay and uh, I I can and I remember the lady asking me, you know, well, how how does the dad feel about it? I said, oh, he's excited. You know, I don't go through the details with her. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, he's excited. And I remember telling my my best friend at the time. I showed her the the pregnancy test. She was like, who's is this? Because I wasn't, I wasn't out there sexing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and she so, didn't know you were out there hitting it with right? anybody. Anybody yeah. and. I'd been doing well for so long because the standard for myself yes. was not to be out here sexing. Yes. And she was like, well, who's, what is this? I was like, it's mine. She was like, well, who? Uh-oh. And I said his name. She was like, girl. Uh-oh. And, and, and so all of that happened. And, uh, well, I had to go tell my pastor because I can't do this initial sermon Was this Dr. Now. Forte? This is Dr. Forte. Wow. And I was up on her porch. I think I, I went inside first, maybe. Then I came outside. And I was like, I can't do my initial sermon. And she was like, why, why not? 
Oh, man. And I wanted to get away from her so quickly because I just did not want my shame and my dirtiness and all of that on her. And I said, because I'm pregnant. And oh, I just man. started, like, backing away. And she was like, Ty, come back. And I, she had me on that porch, and I was screaming and wailing. And I felt like I just disappointed her and disappointed God. And I was crying I mean, her mourning. husband came I was mourning I came out her husband came out and he was like Pew. he was like like basically like rain her in like yeah yeah they in this affluent neighborhood over at Flowers Plantation and I just just I'm losing it I'm losing yeah. it and she was like you're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay yeah. And she just assured me she didn't beat me over the head. She didn't talk about you know that. better than this and the scriptures say it, the Bible say it. But life going to hell. She didn't do any of that. She just she come for me and she nurtured me. And uh, a few it was just a few people that knew that I was pregnant. And they were yeah. like, You know what you're gonna do? I was like, I don't believe in abortions. That's just that you lay down, you know what you're doing. That was always my thing. You yeah, you know yeah. what you're doing. And a few days, it was a few days that past and i uh i was spotting some oh my god and i went to the hospital and the doctor was just very matter of fact like you know you could spontaneously abort oh wow and he was like you know like basically like you might carry the baby term you might not carry the baby term whatever and they did a sonogram and i could see this little bitty fetus and Aww. this this heartbeat and, yeah. and the guy who was doing it the tech he was like oh got a little strong heart there and i said can i hear it and he was like no it's it's too, it's too small, small right for now. you to be able yeah. to hear it so i'm just watching this little heart beating and that was when i actually had a connection with your child to yeah with the child like oh i got a life inside of me and I was at home in the kitchen, and I was laying on my side, and my hands were resting on my stomach. And I'm talking to this child, and I said, I don't have anything to offer you. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm looking at myself. I am on the brink of gone, like mentally. Yeah. Totally off. Yeah. No job. I'm bringing you into a, a very messed up situation. Yeah. And... I was singing this song by Donnie Hathaway called A Song For You. Yeah. And I was singing to the little one, and uh, I called I called uh, one of my folks that's very close to me, and I was telling him what was going on. And I was like, I need you to tell me where this place is at, and I need you to take me. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And... When he when he came to get me, he said, because um, I decided on having an abortion. You are you were gonna have one. Yeah, I decided on having an abortion. Yeah, and he's like, "Are you sure? Yeah, are you sure?" I'm like, "I don't I don't have anything. I can't even give this child a healthy mother because I'm so gone. Yeah, I can't, and I I know I'm not getting ready to get any better. Yeah." And he takes me there. And I remember being at this abortion clinic, Adrian, and I'm looking around at the women who were in there. I'm looking at around at younger, mm-hmm. like girls. And yeah. I'm looking at women. I'm like, what brought them here? Because some and of them, their bellies out. I'm like, what? How, everyone's got a different how, story. How are you here? I wonder why you're here. Yeah. And then being on the people who have gone through trauma and people who can be easily triggered should not listen to this part. You yeah, we'll put just, a listener discretion. Yeah. On, so on this. 
when I was there and I'm on the on the table and the the young lady she does the sonogram yes. and I see the the little heartbeat again is just yeah. going and very strong and I was six weeks and six days yeah and the doctor is going and getting prepared for the for the procedure and he inserts the the instrument and my legs were shaking so bad like I remember yeah at one point I was going to get up off the table oh wow and the one thing that stopped me was you ain't got nothing to offer you have Whoa. nothing to offer that's what sealed me to the table that I felt like I had nothing to offer this child wow. not even myself and I knew what it was not to have a mother available yes and yeah. I was like, I don't have nothing to offer you. And the the young lady, I, she rubbed my leg to try to calm it. She was so nice. Wow. I wish I could find her. I wouldn't recognize if I saw a face. I can't remember faces from that day. And she was rubbing my leg to calm me down. And I said, it hurts. And the doctor was like, I know. Oh, <gasps> God. And, How insensitive. And it wasn't until years later that I learned that some people develop PTSD from that from that yeah yeah I didn't I don't feel like I developed PTSD it was trauma I deal deal with trauma behind it because then yeah with uh pap smears yes was always hard for me well afterwards. and those are uncomfortable yeah they're very uncomfortable so yeah. I'm sure it probably it worse I feel like your anxiety would probably just soar through the roof. Through the roof. You know, you don't hear women talking about that. The Mm -mm. ones that have experienced abortions. Yeah. That if they're, when they go for their yearly physical, that that's something that they deal with. Horrible. I mean, horrible. So, so just a side note. Yeah. That was hard for me with even having to consider a hysterectomy because I was bleeding so badly. And all I kept thinking about was, I don't want anyone going into me vaginally like that. Again, ever. Not like that. the blessing is they they didn't have to. They did it laparoscopically. laparoscopically, But that, it it messed me up forever with that. So that happened. Uh, I came, I I came out. I was in the car and I I was clinging to my cell phone. Yeah. And my, my, brother who was there with me not my biological brother but he was there with me he knocked the phone out my hand and he just held my hand and wow. I just laid on him and wept and wept I just laid on him and wept yeah and he took me home I got home he dropped me off because I was still at my grandfather's yeah I got um uh, I didn't even stay there I got my keys. There was a movie that was out. I thought it was Bad Boys, but it's not, it wasn't Bad Boys. It was some other type of comedy. I was like, I just need to go somewhere. Wow. I just need to something to help me to laugh or something. I could not sit in the house. I got in my car, driving to Raleigh. My car cuts off in the middle of the freaking street. No. In the middle of the street, yo. These two Sorry. men pushed my car out of the out of the road. Good lord! The pain meds had start, started wearing oh my off. Oh gosh! And I'm trying to hold myself together. And one of the guys was one of the guys was under hood. The other guy was off to the side, and he's staring at me. He was like, "What's going on with you?" And I was like, "I I had a um, I had a procedure, outpatient procedure today. And, you know, I'm just dealing with some pain." He was like, "Hmm." He saw through my stuff so quick. He was like, "It's the only one thing I noticed like that." He said, "Where's your driver?" I said, well, he dropped me off, and he went. He was like, you need to go home. Oh, my goodness. He said, you need to go home. He said, when you get home, you call me. You need to go home. 
and this I is just got, a stranger. On just the a stranger. Room. Just a stranger. They pushed me out the road. The guy got under the hood. He did whatever he needed to he do. Made to get it my work. car to crank. Got it to crank. I drove not to my grandfather's. I drove to my mother's home because she was out driving trucks. She still drives trucks uh-huh. to this day. So her and her husband were out on the road. And I stayed there for a few days. No one knew where I was. I just, I stayed there. She had applesauce there at the house. I ate applesauce and graham crackers, took my pills, lay down and weep, change pads, bleeding. Morning. I was in mourning. Alone. All of that, all alone. And I can remember the stench of blood. It was just blood for days. I, I remember the scent in my head. It was just like the reminder of death. Do you think that was the lowest point in your life? Absolutely. 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 How did you, what, what made you improve after that? All of that happened. I was there for days. I came home. The guy called. He let me know he'd been trying to call me for days. Oh. I said, he's gone. He was like, what? I was like, he's good. Because in my mind, I just felt like it was a boy. I know it was six oh. weeks, six days, but in my mind, it was just a boy. Sometimes you know, I think. And I, I feel it. I really do. And I was like, he's gone. I said, don't call me no more. And uh, I went on like nothing happened. It was only a few people. It was already only like I can count on my hand how many people knew. Yeah. But only maybe three people that knew that I had an abortion and not just like a miscarriage. Yeah. yeah. And I went on like nothing happened. So that was in that June. Sept- I wasn't getting better. Like I was depressed oh. and I was sleeping and I started cutting. I just felt like I needed to punish myself for what yeah. I did. Yeah. And then September... It started September 10th and carried over to the 11th. So that night, I um, that voice was like telling me I need to punish myself. I need to punish myself. Oh, my gosh. And I'd gone outside. I'd gone outside, and I was walking, and I walked down the street near the creek where the bridge is that I told yes. you about, and I had a razor. And... When I was getting ready to just go somewhere and cut this cop car, God is real. This cop car comes up. I was, I was walking down the street singing this song. Does God hear my prayer? Oh, and wow. does God hear me cry? It was a song that one of my friends sung in this play that we were in. Mm-hmm. It's like, does God hear my prayer? And then it's like, does God see me cry? Does yeah. God feel my pain? And and the last part says, if He does. Then tell me, how will I know? Wow. And so when I took this side street and I'm sitting there, this cop car pulls up behind me. I'm like, why the heck is this cop? Like, cops don't do this here. Why is this cop? Yeah, yeah. And I have this razor in my hand. I'm like, dang, I don't want them to arrest me because they going to get me for this razor. Like, why you got this random razor out here? So I drop it to the ground. Yeah. They never get out. They never say anything. And... Like, we having a standoff or something? So I just walk off and I walk back home. And yeah. I'm mad because I still need this release. Like, I just yeah, I yeah. need to cut. And I come into the house and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I got past this. You're like, maybe yeah, this time yeah. I'm not going to cut. And it was just like this this need to just still cut and punish myself. Yeah. So I grabbed another razor. And instead of taking the risk of a cop stopping me again, I went out to the front yard. There's this big rock. 
yeah. that's in our front yard. And I sat there and I was just cutting, attempting to bleed the pain out. Yeah. So blood running down my arms, down my fingertips, and dropping into the rock. Goodness. And that stain was on the rock for a long time. I bet so. Because it was very porous. So later on, you'd come by, you'd be like, what is that? You know, you're not... Yeah. It was just there and marked it for a long time. So anyway, that happened, and I came into the house, and I'm sitting on the couch, and it's dark. And my grandfather had gotten up to get water. Like, he, you know, that's just his regular thing in the middle of the night. He gets some water, and he's looking at me. But he's legally blind. Yeah. So he was seeing things in shadows. Okay. So he can't see details. He can't see tears are coming down my face. Oh, okay. And he's like, why are you sitting in here in the dark? And I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting here thinking. And he said, nah. He said, it's something else. Uh-oh. He's like, I don't know what it is, but it's something else. And I don't say anything because I'm trying to make sure he doesn't hear my voice cracking. Yeah, yeah. And he goes back to bed. And... I'm I'm having a moment to think, you know, this is bad because my arm is like I mean, laid up. I'm seeing white and it just is bad. Oh, my goodness. And it, I'd cut before, but it hadn't been like that. You just so, shredded your arm. Yeah, I was shredding my arm. And so the next morning, I had to because I've always I'm always that person that's smiling and everything is okay and making other people laugh and having other folks cry on my shoulder. The next morning, I had to have this going back to what Sean said earlier about self realization. Yeah, that you gonna need some help because you had nothing left. Nothing. You're empty. You're exactly. empty, and you're trying to bleed out to fix. Bleed out the pain. Bleed out the pain. So empty of hope, but full of despair. Mm. And I'm I'm sitting there on the couch, and I remember looking down on the couch and just tears falling down my face. And I'm like, uh, I'm gonna need some help. So I called Doctor Forte. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, Ty. I said, Yeah, Pastor. Um, I need you. Can you can you come by? I need to talk or something like that. At this point, does she know you'd had she an has, abortion? No. She she thought I, I think I might have said miscarriage. I might have just. Well, I mean, I she's might. your pastor. I mean, that's like confessing yeah. to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out because with her, I've always had this thing of I won't lie to her. I'll sidestep all day long, but I wouldn't lie. So I may yeah, have told yeah. her. I may have told her that I did have an abortion, but I didn't tell her the struggles and everything that I was having after that. I didn't tell her Because you want to be strong. Yeah. She knew about who I was pregnant by. She knew about all that stuff. Uh, but... I didn't tell about the struggles. Yeah. So when I called her and said I needed to talk, she was like, uh, oh, okay. Now, at the time, I was helping with like some secretarial work or something. And she was like, oh, well, we can get this done. We can get this done. And uh, uh -oh. yeah, I need to go by and see, um, I want to say it might have been her grandmother at the time. Go by and see grandma at the rest home. You can ride me up there. Da, 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 da. I said, okay. Uh -oh. And I get off the phone. And very clearly, I hear, you're going to die. Dang. Sir. You're going to die. Because, and it was because I was still wearing that mask. And it was like, you have this moment to decide you're going to wear that mask or you're going to tell the truth. Yeah. Right. Are you going to let somebody in? Yeah. You're going to die. let them help you heal? Yeah. So, in that moment, I had to make the decision... I didn't want to live, but I didn't want my grandfather to find me dead. Mm. That's tough. Because when I was cutting that night, I stopped feeling the pain. 
Jeez. And that's how a number of people cut too deep. They might be cutting for emotional release because the thing with, with when you're you're cutting, you are releasing endorphins. Or, yeah. You know, like you got those happy hormones you get like when you exercise or yeah. and, and things like that. So a lot of people are just trying to feel something or just uh, I need some type of release, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I'd stop feeling the pain and it blocks out pain. Yes. So in that, I'm like, I'm going to end up cutting too deep. I'm going to bleed out. What if I'm at the house and I do that? I yeah. did not want my I mean, grandfather. You get an infection. I mean, yeah, whoo. I didn't want my grandfather's last memory to be like I found my grandchild on the floor, dead in my house. In yeah. my house. Yeah. How did this happen? So it wasn't because I cared about myself. I cared about him. I called wow. my pastor back, and I'm like, Pastor, I don't need to do no work. And she's like, oh, Okay, you know. And she comes by. She doesn't see or know anything about the cutting because I'm wearing long sleeves. Oh. So she asked. Uh, I tell her, I said, I. I, I need some help. And she's like, okay. And she says, well, what type of help do you need? I'm like, you know, I need some, some mental health help. Yeah. And she says, okay. She said, do you think you, you need like counseling? Do you need, uh, 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 I don't know if she said facility or institution. Yeah. And I was like, I need to go somewhere. So you, you're like, I need to be admitted. Yeah. Because, because I'm literally, there's nothing left. That's it. And somebody needs to watch me. Like, I don't need to be by myself. If you don't, I might not still be here. Exactly. So I go through the thing of, no, I I need to be somewhere. So she takes me up to Holly Hill. Yeah. And I have no insurance. And this and my pastor is the fire. (laughs) When we are there and they're like, so what's going on? And and they're like, what's your insurance? And I'm like, I don't have any. And they're about to turn me away. What? Because again... I got on long sleeves. They don't know suicidal ideation. They don't know anything that's going on. But they were getting ready to admit me until I said I don't have insurance. And when they were like, well, we can't. And she stepped up and she was like, she's thinking about doing this, 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 this. She started dropping those buzzwords. When someone said they're about to harm themselves or something like that. You are held liable as a a place you know it. And she went in. I can't even remember everything that she said. It was like, oh, well, we can, we can. Yeah. Okay. So they ended she up. She was like, "You better." Yeah. She yeah. was not. And she she's still an didn't advocate. know about the cutting. She still didn't point. know about the cutting. She didn't know about the cutting. Wow. She just know I'm having some type of mental health challenge. Yeah. And so they get me back there. They look. They see my arm is cut, and they're like, "Oh, we got to take you to the hospital to get that evaluated Good first." Lord. Yeah. And when we get to the hospital, they're like, "Well, that should have been stitched." But it's been hours, so it's no need. Ooh, we can't Jesus. pull that. We can't do that now. I'm just so hurting thinking about that. They're like, that. we're just going to have to cover that and bandage it. So they covered, they bandaged it. I was there for maybe about like, uh, I want to say about five days. In the regular and, hospital? Um, at, at, no, at oh, Holly, Holly Hill. Hill. They okay. took me there. They couldn't. It was too late for them to stitch so it up. So they just kind of bandaged you, send you back. Yeah, and they sent me back to the hospital. And I am there, and I'm in this room with this lady. And I remember her, like, she gave me a journal while I was in there and she gave me a pen and she was asking, you know, what happened with my arm. And I told oh. her and I remember her later on saying, like, you better not ever do that to yourself again. And she talked to me. She was a real nice lady. She was in there for her own issues. Yeah. And I met with one of the one of the the, the psychiatrists that was there. She's like, 
barely acknowledging me. This is one of the reasons why I'm a mental health advocate. Yes. Barely acknowledging me. Like, she's looking up. She's writing on her thing. Very impersonal. Oh. Well, we're going to put you on this type of medication and such and such and such and such and such. And I'm like, no. And she looked at me like I had two heads. <laughs> they ain't used to that. And asked me, it was like, well, what do you expect? I said, talk therapy. I said, I had an abortion and, ch- and killed my child. I yeah. didn't even believe in abortions. And then I turned around. I got pregnant. I had an abortion. I killed my child. Yeah. I need to deal with that. Yeah. Like, that's what's going on with me because I didn't deal with it. I don't need medication for me to deal with it. I am totally not against medication. I feel like if that is what will help help keep you well, then you should take the medication and adhere to that treatment plan. I have nothing against that at all. I support yeah. people in that. But for me, I know it was because I needed to deal with that. Yeah. And I yeah. suppressed it. Yeah. And, and then it was bubbling up. Like you said, my trauma was bubbling up. And I needed that talk therapy because I ain't talked to nobody else about it. Everybody else's world kept going. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still mourning a child You're that suffering. a lot of people don't even know about. Yeah, yeah. So she was like, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, da, 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 and we'll reevaluate. Cool. And one of my breakthrough moments was I was in group. And and one of the, the I want to call him an orderly. One of the guys who was there, he made me so mad because he yelled at somebody. I'm like, I'm coming back for him. Like, <laughs> when I get well, I'm coming back for him because this, this is not how you talk to people. Yeah, did you? Yeah. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't end up going back. Jesus I didn't end up going there. It was nothing but <laughs> Jesus took the wheel on that. Because yeah, I won't yeah. go. Here's the thing. I didn't need to go back because I didn't get where I am right now for a while. Yeah, I yeah. could go back now, but if I would have went back then, I probably would have set fire to the rain up in there. <laughs> so... Uh, in, in all of that, in all of that, it was a group session and they asked us to, to write or draw a picture. I'm like, this is so stupid. You talking about drunk? This is, this some old movie mess. This some old girl interrupting mess y'all got going on. This don't even make no sense. Drawing. Yeah. And I drew a tree. The first, I drew trees. I drew a tree and one of them was sort of regular and one of them had a hole in it. And I drew a dragon that was breathing fire. And in looking at the tree and the one with the hole in it, it was because it was missing a part of it. Wow. And the dragon, I was very upset and angry. And I was like, whoa. And that helped. That's art therapy. And that ended up helping me like to realize, to acknowledge my feelings and what was going on inside of me. Yeah. And to start from there, like, I feel this void. Yeah. It's not just, oh, I had an abortion, but I have this. I didn't get to complete the process at all. So in that, then I came out and, and started therapy yeah. then. And I did meds for about a good week. I couldn't deal with the side effects. Yeah, those side effects were intense for about a month. Yeah, yeah I couldn't two weeks do to a month. it. It just depends. So I had, to, I, had to do, I had to do talk therapy. And that helped me. But then the other part, y'all, was having to share with my people because I came back to church and they're like, where's she been? They look at it like, yeah. you know, where, where, you, where you been at? Yeah. Because I didn't just jump right back in oh my and goodness. they're looking. But I did. So I still had bandages on my arm. Yeah. And they're looking. And one of my friends was like, it's just like one of my kids. I just want to kiss it and make it better. And, and I shared with them, like, this is what I've been dealing with for months. This is what I've been hiding for months. This is what wow. I've been going through. 
And that was the beginning of me taking the mask off mm-hmm. and 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 really sharing and being vulnerable and understanding the same way that I've been there for other people. There are folks who are willing to be there for me, but I actually have to let them in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I so, get it. Yeah. So that's how I got better. That's the long yeah. story of that's an amazing how story. I got and, better. And I admire you for sharing it. And I Thank appreciate you. you sharing it because... There's so many people that deal with it and they deal with it silently. Yeah. And then they grieve. Yes. And it's just a really hard thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a situation in our home recently um, that uh, it's not very public, but um, it will be eventually or maybe now. I don't know. But we had a situation too where we were between with um, someone we love very much. Uh, abortion, adoption, or childbirth. Yeah. And in the end, what what made me sad about your story? Their reasoning was the exact same as yours. Not the wow. man part. The reasoning though was, I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Mm. And I held their face and I said. Whatever you do, I will support you. Yeah. Do I love the idea of an abortion? No. No. But I love you. Mm-hmm. And I am willing to support you and love you and not judge you. Mm-hmm. I will not judge you. I said, but what do you feel in your gut? Yeah. And at the end of the day, the gut said, I want my baby. Yeah. So we became excited for new life. And then we actually experienced, it's, it's not me personally, but the person experienced a yeah, miscarriage last weekend. Yeah. And it was a lot. And it was hard. And there's so much trauma associated with that. And so much pain. And watching the grieving process firsthand is difficult. Yeah. Because here's the deal. I don't know your pain. Yeah. I need to validate your pain. I need to understand that you've gone through something. But I, I don't feel that same pain. Yeah. But I need to allow you to process it. But it's a lot. And, a and lot. Yeah. So, but I, I do admire you for... Being willing to share, being open about it, being vulnerable, and you know, I'm I'm hopeful it helps other people too. I hope so. That's one of the reasons why I'm so candid about it. Because I know sometimes when people hear me on interviews or they see the way I post or they see my videos, they're like, "Dang, she just so straightforward." I love it. And and I'm like, the reason that I am is because it might save someone's life. It, yeah. it could possibly save someone's life who feels like, "Wow, I messed up so much." I'm like, "Baby, I was preparing for an initial sermon." And was dealing with a man that was married. Like, and got there was a lot. Bush. It was a lot. There are layers to that. Yeah. There are so many implications of uh, going down this path and not taking the detour. When God gives us chances to take detours uh, with not being open about what I was doing and where I was at with how I felt and didn't feel about myself and the, and the view that I had for myself. Um, having to pick up the pieces and not doing it by myself, understanding Ooh. that letting there are people who will be there and support you, but you actually have to let them in. Getting, you got to tell them there's a problem. Tell them there's they don't a problem. Know. And then also for people who are like, well, every time I trust somebody, this happens, this happens, this happens. I get that. But look at who are you trusting? Yeah. And that, and that, that t- takes self-realization as well. Like I get what you're saying that you have been betrayed But I also go to this, and this is something that I teach a lot. If 10 of your relationships, out of 10 of your relationships, 9 or 10 of them are dysfunctional, you need to look at the common denominator. 
That's you. Uh oh, uh oh. How are you choosing the people that you choose to trust? That's that's big. because we treat people. I mean, we teach people and we train people how to treat us by how we treat ourselves. Yeah. So I oh dealt with a lot gosh. of dysfunction because I didn't treat myself well. You are you are preaching to me right now, Ty. It is hitting me, even about how I do in my own home because mm-hmm. the way I may um, be out in public is mm-hmm. one way, but the way I am in my own home is a, mm-hmm. is a whole nother way. And if mm-hmm. I don't love myself well yeah. and take care of myself well, and mm-hmm. then my family sees me fall apart mm-hmm. because that's who I'm safe with. Well, what am I teaching my children or what am mm-hmm. I, what am I allowing yeah. in my relationships? Yeah. So yeah, it just, it definitely makes me think now. I don't, um, I'm kind of thinking I would love to talk to you. I'd kind of like to switch gears a little bit. Go for it. I, Asked Ty before this um, this podcast interview if I should call Ty a woman of color, an African American, or a black woman or a black person. Mm-hmm. And Ty's response, everything about Ty is so deep and so layered. <laughs> and I swear it just makes you think. Like I was like, whoa, whoa, let me unpack this. Well, so, I cannot wait for the answer. Well, <laughs> it's just because she's just, her her um, insight is just, it's so healthy for someone like me. I just feel like it, it's helpful. So can you explain um, what you prefer to be called? Ha! Huh? So this is the part that's going to tick off some black people. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tick off some black folks or African-Americans. Uh, people for me I go by on black yeah I, but here here was the main point of, of how I responded to Adrian was I do not go by a person of color I don't and I'm very I think I've heard you speak on this before Maybe and that so. really opened up a different way of thinking in my mind so yeah yeah please, please. I'm yeah yes, I'm very intentional with that because one of the things I was sharing with Adrian, this is not a secret to anyone, what I'm about to say, yeah. is the the plight of black people in America is different from any other uh, any other place on earth, any other people on earth. It does not mean that any other people did not have struggles, but this country was based, this country has been built up by people who were enslaved, literally taken from another continent, brought here build up this country free labor for over 300 years. And there are families that are still benefiting from that free labor. Like literally where my pastor stays at flowers plant plantation. Like it was a plantation. Well, we know, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've read well, some my of the mom books. knew him personally. See what I'm saying? My mama went to church with some of them. You know what I'm she saying? She went to church with his illegitimate children. Woo! Oh yeah, there's a whole book. Yeah, there's oh, a oh, there's a book. I need to get the book. I he need was, to thank you. My mother yes. was propositioned by him when she rented a house from him back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and if this gets out in Clayton, I'm sure the people that live in Flowers or yeah. if Lord we Jesus grew up out there, if his like, daughter heard, was where I lived. She lived in town here. So these are why we need to have these type of conversations. <laughs> it's man. very interesting. It's very it's, lots it's, of it's intense. Stuff. But yeah, so but with please continue. Yeah, so with that, you have you you. People can't say that anywhere else, that the government sanctioned it, that there were laws put in place to keep people oppressed. 
that there are laws in place right now still yeah. that keep black people oppressed. True. So what um and, and a lot of the challenges that we had going on, like the civil rights movement was for can we have some some human rights? Not just you know, people keep talking about equal rights, equal rights. Can you just treat me like I'm human? Right. Like can yeah. we do that? Can we start there? And a lot of things that were established during the civil rights movement a lot of other people are benefiting off of that now and they get that lumped in mm -hmm. when we hear people of color, all of a sudden the black plight is put to the side. Yeah. It's like it just, everything gets mixed together. We're all struggling. It's not the same struggle. If I have a sister or brother that is literally from Africa yeah. that comes over here, they do not have the same struggles that black folks have that are from over here. They can trace their heritage. Now, I was recently yes. introduced to a term and you probably know more about it, but Adolf. Oh, not. Yes. African descendant of, of slaves. slaves. is like a category where you can, I don't know, more articulate that position by a, what I don't know what you would call it. So African descendants of slaves, me. Yeah. Like, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's simple that we didn't immigrate over here. Our folks were enslaved and brought over you here. You were forced. We were forced. You didn't come by choice. And the and the country was built off my folks' backs. Nobody else has that experience yeah. where the country was built off your folks' backs. Your yeah. folks weren't enslaved and brought over here. So, and again, there weren't laws that were put in place. You weren't called, what is it, three-fifths of uh, a man. You weren't considered Ooh. cattle. Or Not allowed to marry. You weren't property. You weren't. No one came in and literally ripped your families apart. Because if you were property, you would have had rights. Exactly. If you were a whole person, you would have had rights. So exactly. they had to come up with a category. A loop. Exactly. Yeah. So even uh, Jim Crow laws, your folks did not deal with that. Yeah. You can come over here and get access to things that we, we're not getting that. Because folks wow. look at... Like, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a different experience. So it's easy for some people on the outside to look at black folks and just be like, hey, y'all just lazy. Y'all have access to education and the same places to live and everything else. They don't know the history of redlining. Right. What I is, recently. What just, is redlining? Sean, go for it. What is well, it? Well, no, I don't know a great, I just know Sean, that it was, know? uh, it's basically like you can't go past this point kind of thing. Your community can thrive here, but we don't want to integrate you into our communities. Oh, my Lord. And so we're going to create laws around. It's what a lot of the equal housing opportunity laws came what? from. What? Oh, yeah. I see that in banking because of my banking. There you go. Courses. So literally, we will not provide loans for these black folks to, to get in, these. Yeah. To get these homes over here. Now, tell me that doesn't exist anymore. Well, they have laws. Please. Well, I'll say this just from my experience. Go ahead, Sean. They oh have God. laws to say we're not allowed to do that. But there's ways to skirt it by only showing these communities to certain people. Dear Lord, my jaw is dropped. If you've ever been like... You know, you're I, talking about like being shown a home by yeah. a realtor, like that They'll realtor may not show. Now I'm not talking about all realtors by no means. Oh yeah, whatsoever. we're not. We're not. 
Bad but it does bell. happen where they'll only take you to certain communities because they'll be more comfortable here yeah. with people that are like them. Do you feel like and, that's a north that that no, happens in North Carolina? I can mm. I can attest to it because of treating pest control. I'll go oh to entire God. communities that's nothing but Asian people. I'll go to entire. I'm not talking apartment community. I'm talking entire like where we live out here subdivisions subdivisions where that are just nothing but Muslims an Asian population or you know or Muslim population. people from. Uh, Whatever the term, excuse me. Yeah, but and, uh, and in a in a in my sense of the way the world should work, that doesn't even make sense that they would be shown houses like that to live in specified communities. Now I don't have any situations <laughs> to sit here and say I've seen this happen or I've heard this happen, but I have read about it, and I I mean Ty can probably give you Dude, more. If info you're doing on pest control and you're going up in everybody's house, and they're all from the same heritage. Now, I know some of that is just you families. Wonder. Families, mm-hmm. you know, they bought a house here, so another relative comes and they want to be yeah. close and they'll buy a house too. But when yeah. you get entire communities, the entire community. that makes strange. me super thankful to be where we're at diverse, with such Diversity. a diverse group. So going back to Lord. I I identify as a black woman. You know, yeah. the, the the term black came out before I was born because you had <laughs> nigger, yes, negroes. Uh, then you had people, you had the derogatory inward. And then you had people going more with negroes. And then you yeah. had this time, I want to say maybe around the 70s when they started talking about black folks and black power and and us colors? being proud. Oh yeah, color. That's colors. the one I I knew there was one I was forgetting. I was thinking about what I colored. used to see like on the doors in the yeah, old history books. Col- colored only. Yes. So you had all so these offensive. words it really, it with derogatory, is. you know, connotations to them. And then it was I want to say around the 70s, please do not quote me on this part of the time period, but when people start using black and it was something that was empowering about that. You know, us not hating the broadness of our nose or the fullness of our lips or the kinkiness of our hair. Learning to love you know, yourself. Lear- lear- self-love. Loving and your so heritage. I have always loved that. And then, and I'm glad you said something about heritage, being able to trace your lineage. That was taken away from us. So other wow. people who are coming over here, you're able to trace where you come from. Go ahead, Sean. Well, I was, I've heard uh, other friends and stuff talking about it. it's like, you don't really want to dig into your heritage because you know you're going to come to a point where you're going to find some ugliness you know is there, but yeah. you just don't want to face it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't have that. I don't, in my, you know, if I think about tracing back my heritage, I'm thinking of it's going to end me up somewhere in Europe. Yep. So, same for me, but can I tell you, as even from the time I was a young child, it scared me to look up my heritage because I knew that there was a solid chance that somewhere in there we were slave owners. And gotcha. that hurt me. As even a child, I was like, oh, I don't want to think that anybody I was related to could do that. And it's obviously we can't change any of this. We can't right, change but, it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Reality so exists. That's just the reality of it, right? Because in my family, when you look, it's a rainbow of people. It's some white folks in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a rainbow of folks in my family. Like, they just came up. But, so, with with that... It's this thing of when they say people of color, we can ignore 
the horrible history that is attached with the enslavement of, of black folks or African-Americans. There's just this thing. And why can't you just pull yourself up like the other folks that come over here? Yeah. Hispanics, they're coming over here and they're thriving and they have homes and they have businesses. Why is it that y'all are here and y'all aren't doing this? Uh, because your thumb Asian, was down my neck. Right. For Asian like people, years. they're coming over here and they're able to thrive and such and such and such and such and such. And, such. and uh, people who are from Africa, they're coming over here. And it's like, but none of those people had laws put in place to oppress them. Well, not only that, they came from a situation to what is going to be a happier place. Mm-hmm. As where, you know, ancestors of, of black people, Ados, however you want to categorize yeah. it. They came from somewhere else to be put in oppression. Oh, that's deep. Like we were, that's deep. We were brought here to be put in oppression. And, and we're also the group that was given to poor white people to have someone to, to look down at. Because I'll tell folks all day long, rich white folks and poor white folks, it's that's two totally different things as, as, in the concept of America and when I'm saying yeah. that. So I need people to understand the context and what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are affluent and rich white people when it comes to the white supremacy side. Let me say it like that. Yes. Are going to look down on poor white people. Well, they had indentured servitude coming over for like the Irish and stuff. It's thank you. It's not the same. But but thank you. Yeah. But still. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like they look down on them. And unfortunately, because in the way that you keep a, the poor white people, when you're talking about in the concept, in the the in when you're talking about white supremacy, History. the way that I keep these poor white people in check is give them somebody to look down on. And I can use them as a battering ram. Wow. They'll feel like they're my equal because they're white, but you're never going to be at my house. (laughs) You're never going to be at my dinners. You're never going to be at my golf clubs. We're never going to be together in in white collar work, but I'll use you to keep this nigga in place. And we we have some in common now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but for the poor white people in that construct, they're like, well, at least I ain't a nigga. You know what I'm saying? And And we'll work to keep their space where the, the rich white person doesn't have to get their hands dirty. Oh, wow. I just realized that. It's almost like an Dirt. army, a buffer in between them and the dirty work. Because historically, who were the clan members? Right. I mean, I mean the ones that, that did you, the stuff. That did the stuff, the hands and yes. the feet. It wasn't the rich white people that was out there that was bombing and tearing up stuff. It was the regular Joe. Yeah. Who really was on the same level as this, as this this poor black man when it came to some money or something? But at least I'm not you. You give give me somebody to look down on, and I will fight to keep my place. And 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 this rich person's telling them they're the ones trying to take your jobs. They're the ones trying to do this. How were they the ones taking? Can a we job? just can we just reverse rich person for politician and put this in today's? Terms? Oh my god! Man. I was actually oh it's I was so actually real. just. It's so real and and not understanding, Ooh. honey. You are you're you're in the same place. We we have we have more in common than we have as far as differences. And if you show up knocking at that rich person's door, you ain't gonna get in, and I'm not gonna get in either. Yeah. Your skin don't make a lick of difference. You're being used as a battering ram. Yeah, you sent out but like you, you just a foot important. soldier. But yeah. you fit. But that's the thing. You so when you, when you when you when you Get people in their emotions and their importance. You got them. So for me, 
I don't get, I don't, I, I, I have to look through a lens of some logic yeah. and see that you have other people who are coming and being able to benefit and say, I'm a minority and get these benefits of being a minority, have access to funds and all these different things because they say I'm a minority because I'm a person of color and everything else. And we still over here struggling. Like we have these schools that have books that are dated, outdated and everything else that uh, teachers still aren't getting paid well over here in these schools, but these rich schools are getting all of this. Like it's so many things. Well, it doesn't even have to be that under the radar. Yeah. There's still Jim Crow laws on the books in the deep South. And, what? Like, and that is ri- and that, and that See, and that's what I mean. What are some of the, do you know some of those like off the top of your head? I'd have to Google it. Honestly, you have to like, Google. I, d- I know I don't know any off my head, yeah. but there are still places where you're not supposed to interracially marry. I was about to say a lot books. of it is stuff like that, but it's just not enforced. It's exactly. not that they've been removed they at just all. don't look at it anymore even with you know, even with voting rights yep. it's something like, like they have to keep looking at it every few years lord i wish i had elliot on here he could be able to <laughs> recite this but there are things Later thank day. you sean that are still on the books and it's like why isn't this off wow. because they well, ain't got it here's a great <laughs> example it's it's more of a universal one it's not specific to jim crow laws but mm-hmm. like in north carolina you're legally it's a it it's illegal to cohabitate. Yeah. You know, that, they don't enforce who's it. going to enforce that now? Exactly. Yeah, it's no, just, I mean, it's, nobody it's now. insanity yeah. to even think about, yeah. you know, coming and doing that again. But it's, it's still there. As far as I know. I don't know if it's been yeah. removed in the last 10 years. But, but, at what, but since we've been alive, it's, it, it has there. been on the books. Now, that's something I, I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, things that have changed or the way it used to be since even my parents Mm -hmm. being alive till now and people are like well that's so in the past that's such a long time ago it's like no i still know people alive today yeah like my mother tells me stories about when the first uh black child was integrated into the public school system in selma where she lived wow that's not that long ago it's It's really not it's not when we look at this the 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 broad scheme of things and the other reason i want to go with that black part i talked to uh some young people who were involved in black lives matter they can't see my face but (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah um i am going to say this very clearly and there may be backlash and that's fine i'm saying it's publicly on purpose so so no one will ever approach me wrong in thinking i support the organization i so i'm i'm helping somebody right now who hears me talking black and ados and all of those things and then thinking automatically oh she must be for the organization i'm absolutely not i am absolutely not not for the organization. I'm for the movement that black lives matter yes. because yes. my black life matters. My husband's life matters. My, my niece, my sisters, my brothers, like our lives absolutely matter. But the movement just, I'm, I'm, I apologize. The organization hijacked a movement. Oh, so, so, but I'm, I'm, let, let, let me yes, explain please, please, where I'm coming there. from with that. So I had two of my young people now, Adrian, well, you know me too, but Adrian and I have had like some real serious intimate conversations. conversations. (laughs) So my circle is very eclectic. 
very eclectic. I have people who are Christians, people who are Muslims, people who are transgendered, people, um, LGBTQIA plus community, just old folk, young folk. Like I got very eclectic. I am first and foremost, I'm a human. And then I'm a black woman. That's just what it is. So on, in, in saying all of that, uh, I was talking to my, my young folks and they were, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter and all of this. And I'm hearing about them marching and, and these different things they're doing. And I'm like, what legislation has been passed? Now, I didn't say it that way to them. Because I asked them, I said, you know, again, and I, I was very tactful in doing it. I just mentioned, you know, what legislation has been passed? Like, I see a lot of marching. I see them showing up in a number of places. And I asked them, I said, because, you know, basically I presented in a way of maybe I'm not aware what legislation has been passed. Yeah. And they couldn't name anything because I wanted them to think about it. I don't need to just project my thoughts on my young people and just tell them what it's supposed to be. But to have them to think with everything that's been going on, with all the money that has been raised, where are people in place in Washington that are lobbying and getting things passed. I don't care about a sign on the street that says black lives matter about a painted sign. Yeah. How is that saving anyone's life? Well, I I heard you not heard, I read Mm -hmm. you put a post out and it was around that time. So I may get it a little wrong, but basically it was, you were talking about the past civil rights movements and how they came up against the police and dog attacks and all these mm-hmm. things and how you were like hundred percent, I'm down, let's go. But what are we working for? Those yes, people had wow. an agenda. Are we just being angry for the sake of being angry yeah. and nothing is going to come out of it? Yeah. And that really made me think. Yeah. It's like, that's a, it's a great point because it's like you're, you're expending all this emotional energy. You're, yes. you're, mo- you're, organizing you're getting people out in the streets but at the end of the day what exactly are we going for here what what are we doing the thing was one of the things they kept talking about is we don't have any leaders this is everyone like they just was so on Mm -hmm. it being a smart thing of not having leadership in places how and so i'm like how can you it sounds good it's appealing it's it's those things that's like uh like clickbait on on the computer, just things that get attention and and pulls folks in. And so when I'm looking and I see this and I'm talking to my young folks and I'm getting a feel from them because I want to hear them too and I can learn from them. I don't have all the answers simply because I'm older and they weren't able to tell me about any legislation. And I mean, they're getting a great turnout at these different places they're going to. Mm. And my mind is thinking about how in this organization that there is black lives matter, but yet you keep talking about, well, what about the women and what about trans and what about not like all these different divisions instead of us as a unit. And when I look at the history of black folks in America, the government literally has split our families apart and you're turning around and you're doing the same thing. And not saying what matters mm-hmm. in protecting our families as a unit, you're breaking it down in these different groups because it's popular. It's popular. 
And so, and that agenda was bothering me because I'm like, yeah. I'm, you're, you're not saying, listen, we need to be in place to make sure that our families are protected. You are just pulling, you're just pushing your agenda as a lesbian woman. That's what I see. And whoever's just in your tight circle and you'll say it's more like you're representing the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. that are black and not all black folks. That's not the main thing that you're pushing. You're not pushing all black folks. Yeah. It's like you're only wanting to represent this segment of the community. I'm like, and we're more than that. I think that should be a separate movement. Yeah. Be, I mean, I see I'm a big advocate or ally for the LGBTQIA exactly. movement. Or for that community of people. And I just, um, I do see that it needs to be its own thing. Because they have gone through their own struggles. Exactly. But they're different. Are their struggles valid? Hold on. Yes. When you said they're different. And this is and this is what ended up coming uh-huh. up with my, my teens. Because I wanted them to understand it's different. Remember when I was talking about, don't just say, that I don't just say people of color. Uh-huh. Because people try to tie everything in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's happened. So... I had on a jacket that day and we were in like a library setting and I went to the far end of the room and I'm standing there. I said, can you tell? And I had my hoodie on. I said, can you tell if I'm a Democrat or Republican? They're like, nah, no, I can't tell if you're a Democrat or Republican. I said, can you tell if I'm a Christian? I'm an atheist. I'm a Muslim or anything. They're like, no, I can't tell. I said, with the way that I'm here right now and what I'm wearing, can you tell if I'm a woman or a man? It's like, nah, I said, can you tell if I'm if I'm gay, if I'm bisexual, if I'm heterosexual? Can you? They're like, nah, I said, what can you tell? It was like mm-hmm. your race. I said, exactly. And that's why it's that not the same. Before. Yeah. That's why it's not the same. So when people try to lump LGBTQIA rights and civil rights in together when it comes with color and act like it's the same, it is not. Because I'm not getting pulled over because I'm gay. They don't know. They don't, don't know. About, I'm not getting pulled over because I'm a Democrat, Republican, or liberal. Or rich or poor. Exactly. Or Mentally Ex- ill, terminally exactly. ill. Exactly. You could just be it. a supporter or an ally just because you have a sticker on there. Nobody knows. But if I am being given a hard time in, in a number of these, um, these instances that have been taking place, it's because I am black. Yeah. If I, that is because I'm black, honey. And these are two different things that are going on. It does not negate the struggle of the LGBTQIA community. But for it to shoehorn in and to act as though it's the same is an issue. It's, it's a valid but separate issue. But what's going on is that the community is benefiting off of the struggle that has been established with black people. Yeah. So when you have that movement, the Black Lives Matter, I apologize, I keep saying that movement on that part, but the organization, when you have the Black Lives Matter organization that's just mainly on this agenda, like that's not the same. Because you're just like, well, trans men matter and trans women matter and such and such matter and such and such. I'm like, why are you dividing us? Are you not supposed to be fighting for all black people? So if that's the case, you don't have to break us up into subgroups you don't have to do that we are a whole people we already have a history of being broken up into different pieces by the government where 
just taking the father from the mother and separating the parents from the kids, all those different things in slavery. And then even going into welfare and you can, Oh, we'll take care of you, but you can't have this man in the house. Like all those different things. What are you talking about? And then, and then really that community is so harshly judged, honestly. Um, you know, because of that, well, you know, they're just sitting at, at, the, at the house on welfare. Oh, I don't with all want the to baby go into the conversations we've heard. That's a, that's a tough conversation to hear, but it's like, what what were the requirements put on them yeah, in order to survive? Yeah, yeah, so we've been broken up all this time, and then you have the opportunity to represent us, and you're going to break us up into these subgroups again. It's like, no, just say the Black Lives Matter. We yeah. matter. That includes... Men that includes women that includes transgender that includes just All LGBTQI. I got tongue tied. LGBTQIA plus. It includes all of us, but it's trendy for y'all to do that. Yeah, and it gets attention when you do that. So you jump on the bandwagon, and that's what works, and that's what gets you that money. I think too. You know, it's easy for you were talking about the young people you were having this conversation with. Mm-hmm. It's easier for them to get into that whole breaking up thing because, from what I've seen, their culture is more of an individual identity. Like, yeah, yeah. This is my group. This yeah, they prefer set labels. Of issues, we yeah. are this, and we're yeah. different from this. It's- and I'm glad you brought up my young people again because one of the things that incenses me is that you're playing on our kids. The fact that they a number of them are struggling yeah with that and 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 when i say struggling i mean they have some family who don't support them they don't they support their lifestyles yeah um some are struggling with that identity do i embrace this do i not embrace this what happens if i come out like all those different things and you're playing on that like we have this space that you that you belong to over here but we also want you to be able to go out here and, and fight the man or fight against um, this oppression that you're dealing with. They're using them as like frontline soldiers. Yeah. And they they're not the getting a benefit. Frustration. And yes. Feeding off of it. Yes. And but you're not teaching or utilizing them for getting legislation passed. You're yeah. not utilizing them for showing up at some of these meetings that are making these decisions that affect right. their lives, but you're using them to be out here with the marching and then other folks get them stared up and sometimes it ends up in violence. It's not always. It's I mean, yeah, yeah. What happens when you have all that frustration, all that anger, mm-hmm. all the issues, something as tragic and recent as whatever the protest is yeah. about? And you have no avenue to place that into. It's just yeah. going to explode. What do you into, do with yeah. what do you do with that? And and that whole thing of we don't have any leaders. Like, are you training our folks? They're able to organize and get all these people to show up. Are you training them to make differences where it matters? And that is what irritated me. And that's why I asked, what's the legislation? Like they they end up in some great rooms. They end up at some great tables. They raise a lot of money. Yeah. The marketing is amazing. But tell me what have you put in place mm-hmm. that made a difference, a significant difference for black people as a whole. So with our Asian brothers and sisters, yeah. When everything was popping off with them, how quickly did uh they end up at the White House getting a bill signed? I don't even know if I'm aware of Was it, it fast? Uh, 
I can't even tell you how long it was. It was when um, we had what was looking like Asian hate there crimes. There was some hate crimes happening. It was last year, I think. Jeez, I've already forgotten. Right? It got passed so quickly. Um, wow. Did you hear about them marching in the streets? No. No. Did you, did you hear anything about any type of delegation? No. But the next thing you know, something was getting signed. That's and interesting. that's my point. That is very interesting. So with all of this marching and everything else that you did, you didn't get anything passed for us. But our Asian brothers and sisters, they got things passed. So I look at that as two different things. Yeah. With Asian, you could say person of color. Yeah. You could. That's true. You, you could say that. Yeah. But all of us don't have the same struggle. It's not the same struggle. Yeah. Yes, the Asian community has plenty of hate and things that they are dealing with. Absolutely. Especially right now with COVID. Yes, indeed. Sadly. Yes, indeed. Yeah. They can navigate. They have people lobbying for them the way they're supposed to. And they get things done. The proper channels. The proper channels. And we still obviously don't have that because we don't have that legislation getting passed. Wow. That definitely makes you think. Now, one thing that made um, a profound difference for me was working to understand the the statement Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many people respond. And, it, and I'm going to say, especially <laughs> white people. Especially. Most only, only <laughs> white people. No, all lives matter. And, they, and a lot of people will throw in their religion. Yes. Jesus paid for all of us the same. We're yes. all brothers and sisters. Okay, well, okay, I got you. I got you. And yes... All lives matter in the big scheme of things. Yes. But what we're saying is... Not us. Well, not us personally, (laughs) but... We agree with. Our... The black people of this country have just gone through so much more. Well, Adrian, it's like you're saying that white people don't matter, though. Oh, but they do matter. But that, and that's exactly why I say all lives matter, yes. Adrian. Well, I would ask, why don't you say that when nothing else is going on, but you only use all lives matter as a rebuttal to black lives matter? Because why are right? black people having to act like they're exclusive? Well, because we're wanting to concentrate on the issue that is happening right now, and that's why black lives matter. We're not saying nobody else matters. But white people yeah. have issues, too. Look, well so then, why can't we say that all lives matter? Well, then matter? why don't... Say you know it. What? Just, you know, don't co-opt. <laughs> why don't we just, like, when one of us is in the news for doing something, one of us white people, why don't we go proclaiming through the streets, all lives matter? We don't. We don't do that. We do it, like you said, as a, as rebuttal. a rebuttal. So As a rebuttal. <laughs> and so here's the thing that, I, that I've done with that, and I did not come up with this. It was just in conversation that we were having. If I am at a march for breast cancer... I'm not going to be at the march screaming. Well, what about leukemia? Yeah. Oh, burn. You know Uh-oh. what I'm saying? That's oh. a, that was the simplest example that I got. And I yeah. was like, that was perfect. That's of course, so I knew, oh, I understood, wow. but to be able to articulate it. It's hard. It's if I'm at this event and this is specifically about breast cancer, I'm not negating the fact that leukemia matters. I am yeah. over here talking about the fact that at this moment, this is what I'm focusing on. So when I say black lives matter, it doesn't negate that everyone else's life matter. This is this is the agenda right now. This yeah. is what we're working yeah. on right now. So, but it's not about that at all. It's, it goes back to, you're trying to make me feel like I'm less than. You're trying to make me 
own the sins of my forefathers. Here we are again with you talking about slavery. Here we are again with you talking about you're not um, being treated as equal. Why can't you just shut up and let it go? Yeah, or your struggle is the same as my struggle. There's no such thing as white privilege. Yeah, and That's... and it, it it there are so many there are so many levels to it. Like it just it makes a difference if you have friends outside of your race. A hundred percent. It makes uh, a agree. difference. Go That's, ahead, Sean. That's what I was going. I actually had was thinking of this earlier, mm-hmm. and I was going to speak to and encourage people to actually go find some people that you might not necessarily naturally gravitate to to become friends with because yeah it's a little uncomfortable learning a whole different set of cultures than your own it yeah. puts you out of your comfort comfort zone but it's so rewarding to be able to I don't even want to use the word relate but understand more what because about you've think seen differently. it yourself you care yeah. about that person. That's the point. And Relationship. If you care about that person, you're going to care about what they're going Relationship through. changes your perspective. All day long. All day yes, long. So 100%. if you have a relationship with people, it is different. Because if I don't have a relationship with you and you going through something, it's just like, oh, that's oh, unfortunate. Good luck. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope that gets better. But when I have a relationship with someone, like for example, I know Walmart be on some crap. I know Walmart be <laughs> on some crap with the way they treat their workers and not paying them enough and all of that. But I was still shopping at Walmart. I still shop at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. But when my sister was pregnant and she let them know what was going on with her and the way they pretty much tried to shuffle her up out of there. Mm. Oh, it it made me look at things differently. Like, oh, y'all really on some crap. More Mondays. I started going out and march with more Mondays. Uh, I remember at the time there was legislation that was passed or being passed where they were cutting Medicaid. And my sister is there pregnant. Wow. Not at Walmart anymore. Getting ready to need to depend on Medicaid. And the governor at the time is going to try to act like, oh, we don't need any funds for that. What? You don't want to take federal funding? Like, wait a minute. Why are you making that decision? The people who need it, need it. I know you don't need that money, but other people need that money. And so that's how I ended up getting out there marching. So you related it to somebody else. That to you someone thinking? else because I had relationship with yeah. my sister. I know someone personally. I'm not just hearing about it on the news. So a lot of it's times real. when you have white folks, it's real. it's real. When you have white folks who are like, well, all lives matter. They more than likely don't have black friends. They don't have a black person they care about. They might know black people. Know and them. we but, are not talking about a guest pastor that has showed up at your white church. Ooh, I just want to say that. <laughs> that is not your friend. I don't care if you Facebook friends. Well, that is friends. How often is he coming to your house and hanging out? How and, often do you see yeah. his family? What if yeah. his family's not perfect? Mm. What if his family's not perfect? Do you yeah. still accept and love them? Yeah. You know, it's a lot. Like, like there's just hanging out. Like I have had food here at your house. Yes. I would them love wings. some wings right now. Glory. <laughs> Lord. You know, I've eaten at your house. <laughs> I like when um for my birthday, my white sister took me to the mountains. We spent the night there. We we ate there. That is different. Doing life. Doing life. Together. So doing life is just totally different. And then and and the other thing is is realizing everybody's not attacking you. 
I do not expect you to answer for the sins of your father or your your mother, your your forefathers. Let me do it that way. Yeah, we're not blaming you. you. You're not blaming to people. to answer for the sins of your forefathers. I'm asking you to understand that you are benefiting from some of that. You are benefiting mm. from the systems that were put in place because of that. I don't blame you. I need you to acknowledge the system. Yeah. That yeah, there is a system of oppression. That yeah. no, all black people are not just being lazy and it's because we're we're not pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. Do you understand that you were able to get that because there is some type of generational wealth that is in place? It doesn't mean you're wealthy, but many of us didn't have anything to pass down to our family. Well, my grandfather, your great grandfather had slaves. That's why your grandfather was able to go and start that business. The reason that you had that money in your family is derived from slaves. Your granddaddy may not have had it, but your great great granddaddy yeah. had it. They didn't just pop up with money all of a sudden. Yeah, who worked the cotton well, in the fields? Let who? me let me rephrase that in go another ahead. way that may be more understood. Well, not that that wasn't understandable. No, please do it to give more clarity. Go for it. Right now, the white community in general, a lot of them, a lot of them that I know are very up in arms against the government right now. Yes. So would they be willing to acknowledge that some of the laws and systems that are set up right now are not benefiting them? That's why they're up in arms. Now, imagine plantation owners from back in the day that did have the money were able to enact the laws that they wanted in place. Who are those benefiting? Who are those not benefiting? Yeah. It's the same system that's still that's here good. today. They're just not making racial laws like they were back Got then. You. That was good. You know, so you're up in arms about Biden and gas being through the roof. Why is gas through the roof? Because he changed laws that benefit some people over the others. Yeah. Simple. Don't you want to change that? Yeah. Why wouldn't people such as yourself want to change things that were harmful and not helpful? That is good. And it goes to, there is a cost. Like, there is a cost when you align yourself with making change for black folks. Oof. There's a cost that comes to that. Yeah, because we, we've people, some Facebook friends. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Because when I look at Sean, Adrian, my friend Tammy, mm. my my sister Chrissy, you know, my sister Alice Sarti, when I look at y'all, I don't look at y'all as allies. I look at y'all as my friends. I got you friends know what? and I family. I see the same thing. Yeah, I look at y'all, you know, I got I have friends and family. I tell people I have extended family and I, yes. I have friends and family because it's a whole lifestyle change that comes with this. This isn't marching. This isn't just social media posts. It's I see something wrong here and I'm going to speak up about it. Yeah. You know, it's I'm at my family gatherings and my aunt and uncle say, you know, black folks, I just don't understand why they're so lazy. And Ooh. you speak it up and saying, Ooh, where you get that from? Yeah. What made what, you think that what, way? What made you say that? Why are you a closet racist? You you know <laughs> you just gonna, you just fire Lord Jesus. You know I ain't like, racist, but I, now I'm let not, me tell you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have flat out called a family member I went over the whole George Floyd thing and just cut off all contact. Pretty much, I'm like, you know what? You're unwilling to listen, learn, or anything. You just going away. 
and, and there there is a cost with that. You know what I'm saying? There is a cost if you are at your job and you see this person is qualified and they're black and this person is not as qualified and they get it. And you as a white person go and you speak to that. You was like, why didn't they get that? It's like, oh, it's it's you could lose your job yeah. or people can start shunning you. That's a lifestyle thing. If you choose to stay that stay that path and say that's not right. There is a cost to taking up for black people. And and yeah, everyone is. doesn't want to everyone doesn't want to do that. Like back in the day before we were born, if a white person wanted to marry a black person, it's like, yeah, you can do it, but you can't stay here. Right. Uh, I mean, I, that was love. Well, I was raised Watch not loving. to do it. I was I was, I was raised <laughs> that it was that was that the Bible verse, do not be unequally I hate yoked. That. It was not talking about religion. It was talking about aligning myself and marrying someone of a different race. And I remember being a little kid being like, oh, my God. In our early 20s, I had a friend that said, what do I do when my child sees a black person with a white person? And I say, you act normal. Let me, let me just <laughs> That's go the best a way to do that. Here. Please. Here he goes. You people that are listening that want to use the Bible as a weapon to justify whatever you are doing, just stop. Stop right now because you are an asshole. We don't need you. We don't want you, and we're not listening to you. Jesus said you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a uh, t-shirt. It might be. Sean, let's make t-shirts that said, Jesus said you an asshole. Like I can't wear the shirt, but it sounds like way. So. People, you know, it's there is a cult, and again, go watch the movie Loving. What? Yeah, Loving. That Loving is oh my god! You recommended that, and that was right here in North Carolina, right here in North Carolina. Oh yes, yeah, yes, I know what you're talking about. Have you seen it, Sean? He probably knows the story. He's a historical person. (laughs) So when you when you well, not only that, that TV show them. Have you seen that? I have not watched it. I could not get past the first five minutes of the first episode because it put me in a place that's like, I can't watch this. Yeah, I what heard it about it and I'm like, Mm-mm, no. What is it about? I can't even tell you. Back in the 60s, 50s, maybe, probably 50s, 60s, after World War II, post-World War II, economy's booming, bam. Yeah. A lot of laws are starting to change mm-hmm. in places, not the South. So it, there was a mass migration from deep South America yeah. to other places that didn't have those Jim Crow laws. So yes, New York, yes. uh, California was yeah. the main spot, particularly like around Oakland, because that was just a suburb at yeah. the time. It wasn't like a big city area. Mm-hmm. And so the show, from what I understand, follows a, a couple from um, uh, Chatham County. Mm-hmm. And they move to Oakland. And it's basically like a horror suspense type show. Uh. Where they're going to this community and it shows like the, the racism that still does exist, but it's not necessarily enforced by laws like it was in the South. Oh. So, yeah. I, I didn't watch it, so I can't give you like a whole thing, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. based on true events. Oh, yeah. I shoot. was like, I can't, I can't watch anymore. Shoot. With, with loving, you know, you have this couple where the man is white, the woman is black, and... They are getting married, but you ain't supposed to be doing that around here. Mm-mm. And you just have to watch it. I, I won't even yeah, tell you. Yeah, I definitely. Oh, what gosh. I wish my husband was here. He could tell you the exact 
He's a historical buff. Yeah, you can. So the movie is from 2016. Yeah, it's a recent movie. Yeah, uh, but it's from 1958. An interracial couple fell in love and were married and grew up in Central Point in Virginia. Oh, I thought it was North Carolina. I apologize. Go ahead. Um, uh, and then they're talking about making a home and starting a family. Oh my God, that jailed and banished them, and they had to relocate. That's got, basically they got run out of town. Yeah, that's and it's like it's, you can't. It's heartbreaking. Again, it goes back to there is a cost when you commit to that. People don't want that. You know, people like their prestige. They like sure. where they they like their prestige or where they are in the community. And what if my folks don't like me anymore? Well, I'll say for my family, I recently learned of a story that kind of goes along with that. It was post Civil War, so mm-hmm. it wasn't even you know twentieth uh, century. Yeah, but. Um, Apparently, like my dad's family is from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about them except a few stories that have been picked up over time past my granddad. I knew mm-hmm. my granddad, but other than that, I don't know. But apparently, they were pretty wealthy in like the Louisiana, Arkansas area. Mm-hmm. And there was this one particular family member who was a landowner, a very wealthy landowner, but he chose to marry a black lady. And they stripped everything that he owned from him like Mm. they took his land they took his title i mean i think he was even like a war hero or something like that they took that away from him i mean they and all because he fell in love with the black lady and he wanted to marry her to make it right wow and uh so that changed like course of our family history pretty drastic at that point who wants to lose that like if you are wealthy and you are established in your in your family and in your community, and you aligning yourself with these black folks, which goes against the entire system yeah. that has made your lifestyle possible. Who's gonna risk that? Mm. Who wants to risk that? Like it Like really, think about it. Would you do it? Right? Would you do it? Would like, you am I getting ready? House, am I getting ready to make my family's life hard? Yeah. To take up for these folks, like somebody else need to do that, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's... So that's what we have going on. When you're talking about fighting white supremacy, and when you talk about a different... Again, I go back to there is a different struggle that black folks have here. Mm-hmm. That even when you hear the term reparations, like, uh-uh, we ain't going to do that. Did y'all know how, how much money went out to our um, our Hispanic brothers and sisters for being at the border? No. A lot, a whole whole lot. Well, even wow. Let's let's think about it in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have. This is the term coming from government. We don't have the money to spend mm-hmm. to do these things that you're asking us to do. But yet we have trillions of dollars that we can go blow up other places if we want to and police the world. Well, all of a sudden, out of thin air, I know they printed a lot of it. So you economy people out there don't understand. Mm-hmm. But during COVID, how much money did they print to just give to people? Yeah. Yes. That really, I mean, yes, it was nice to get a little bit of cash, but in the grand scheme of things, what did that even do? Mm. Come on. You know, but that was over a trillion dollars a couple of times. Yeah. But we don't have the money to help these communities build up. Yeah. It's, it's like, I know that a lot of people are think. against Joe Rogan I feel very right now uneducated. Stuff, but there's honestly. one thing that he always says that sticks with me. He's like, you want to make America better? Make less losers. Mm. You bring everybody up. You 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 take away this, this uh-uh, class. Because you don't give me somebody to put my foot on Yeah, to make me feel better. 
And that's why we are not doing that in America. Because that goes back to what I said earlier about you give a poor white man somebody to look down on. Yeah. And and going with what what Joe mm-hmm. said, like, hey, you can if you have less losers, then. But if I have less losers, then what are you doing my battering my battering rams? And I need to be exclusive, and my family needs to be exclusive. And in the game of politics, it's important. It is very important to have the battering rams. Yeah. So when you go back to they fight some fights. When they had our our Hispanic brothers and sisters, Latinx brothers and sisters down at the border, and all those families went through, they're getting money for that. Wow. They're getting money for it. Sean, please, can you go to your phone and just, if you can quickly just find out about how much money they got? It's like, okay, you can do that. You did absolutely mistreat them. Absolutely did them wrong. But you're not going to do, you're not going to put any money in place. To help the folks that have been oppressed in this country for 300 years, that you literally had bo- had laws on the books for it, that you literally had people enslaved, and you'll say, let that go. Move forward yeah. now. You're fine. But you're not telling them, well, let that go. Yeah. I mean, you're not locked up now. You have the opportunity to go and work. You have the opportunity to build some homes over here. You're fine. You're not telling them that, but, you're, but the folks over here, it's like... Y'all be all right. Ooh, it's priorities. Well, and that's why I say you can't just say people of color because we get treated and responded to totally differently. It's like black yeah. folks got a different thing we're dealing with. Yeah, I definitely think um, Sean's going to give us these numbers in a minute, but I definitely well, I think we need to have Ty back yeah. <laughs> for some more of this type of conversation. It's very enlightening. And I'll be honest, I feel very uneducated. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sitting I here still like, Whoa. have so much I don't know. Like, well, it's there's, there's but so what much. you do know, I mean, is, if you, is if good. You start looking into the past. There's too much to even comprehend oh, for things gosh. that have happened. Yeah. And, but to kind of answer your question, it doesn't give me like how much was paid out. But they spend sixty million a week just to shelter people coming across the border. What? Um, they're looking at a payout of over four hundred and fifty million to the ones that they did like the family separation. That's what I needed right there. Say it yeah. again. Four hundred and fifty million. Because they separated families at the border. Yeah. And how many black families were separated during slavery? I have a look on my face that doesn't transcribe into words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, y'all will be fine. Like you're we good. allow you to go to school. You can read. You can read. You're free now. We passed you can affirmative vote. action. What they more fr- do you want? Right there. We, we, we passed affirmative we action. We taking care of y'all. Yes. We, we taking care of y'all. Or you lazy. no Bless. need to take care of you. That was three generations ago. What mm-hmm. do we know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I, I want to make it clear. I really don't have an opinion on that because I'm uneducated on it. And I really. I get it. I'll be late. I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked into it because I'm not black and it doesn't really affect me. And that is the honesty that I appreciate. And people who are listening, like, have these honest conversations. And to my black folks, to my black folks, like, have the conversation without being on attack mode. And there are plenty of us who do know how to do that, and we are doing that very well. And I'm not saying to placate to white folks. That's not what I'm saying. I'm like, talk to folks like they're humans, yeah, yeah. Well, cause, talk to well, folks one, like the humans, especially if you have the opportunity to talk to somebody that is re- willing to listen. And we we are human, <laughs> right? Yeah, all of us. Yeah, well, we don't have to agree. We and 
and that's a key point. We like, don't have we to. don't have to agree. Sometimes it's just good just to have the dialogue and understand what's on someone's mind. I wouldn't have a problem sitting down talking to a clan member. Give me a dyed in the wool racist. Ooh. As opposed to someone who going to sit in my face and as one of my uh, Vietnam veterans say, piss on my boot and tell me it's raining. Ah! Don't give me that. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm not racist. I just don't understand why black people are acting like they're struggling so much. Don't hit me with that crap. Ooh. Give me the one that'll call me a nigga to my face. First off, for real. Oh, oh. If you start I can any- deal with that. Oh. I really can. I, I promise. Bet you could, Miss Fire. Yeah. Feisty. We can. If you start in any conversation with, well, I'm not a racist, but just stop. Just, yeah, just stop. Just don't even Just stop. Continue. I'm tuning you out. A lot of I'm folks so tired these, of you. A lot of folks don't know they're racist. And it's sad. Yes, that's true. It's sad. And I think it's a, I think it's been passed down. It's a heritage of racism. Mm-hmm. And they don't systemic. even know it. It is systemic. Yes. And I am, I mean, you can only imagine how thankful I am that my children don't understand that don't know it when they find out about what happened they're horrified yeah they're horrified but they truly have only ever we've been very fortunate that we've had black people and white people and mexican friends that are in our in and out of our home i'll tell you the first moment that i actually physically saw racism Mm. in my life like uh growing up we lived Kind of in the same situation. We, we were outside of Wendell Zebulon on the yeah. other side in Johnston County. Mm-hmm. Nothing out there back then. I mean, <laughs> absolutely nothing. We had to drive like 30 minutes just to get to a grocery wow. store. But we lived in an old farmhouse. It was over 100 years old. It was built by the dad of the lady we rented it from. I mean, it's, the trees were cut off of the property to build the house. And next to us was another house. I don't know who built it, but it was a black family that lived there. And I say family, I'm talking like mom, dad, kids, <clears throat> uncle. You know, it was it was many people in there. Yeah. And it was, I don't know how late at night. I was probably five, six years old. And we woke up and we were hearing gunshots. And we mm. didn't, like, why is someone hunting at two? Because there's nothing to hear shots out there in the country because there's a lot of hunting going yeah. on or whatever. But at 2 o'clock in the morning or midnight, that wasn't normal. Somebody might be dying. You don't know. And so it alarmed us, but, of course, we didn't go outside looking, you mm-hmm. know. And I would say half hour after everything stopped, we heard a knock on the door. And it was a gentleman, and he said his car broke down. He needed to use the phone. Well, my you know, dad's always cautious. He, before he even answered the door, he had his gun out laying on the beds. If anything happens, you know, take care of it. That's right. Um he went away. Whoever came and picked him up, he used the phone, called. The next day, our neighbors, the black family, came over and told us what happened. That guy had gone over to their house. I don't know if he was drunk or what. He literally just started unloading into <gasps> the front of the house. Trying and to then kill he came to your house? He threw his gun in the ditch, and then he walked over to our house, because he knew we were white, <gasps> to call his friend to come pick him up from trying to murder our neighbors. Do you remember your family's wow. reaction? Unbelievable. I mean, it was just one of those situations where you don't even believe it happened because it's so outrageous. Right. And, and can I just say this in that moment? You were safe because you were white. Yeah. 100%. Your skin color and protected the, the you. The only distance or difference between us, it was a wide open field. There was probably about an acre of land from our house to their house that separated us. Wow. And that was it. I, that is, thank you for ooh. sharing that. I, before we close out, you said... You were talking about racism and yeah. and people not knowing that they're racist. Yeah. 
And a lot of people say, well, white people experience racism too. And I don't understand what you're talking about, white supremacy. And and I, I want to attempt to give this clarity yeah. for people to understand why racism is, why it affects black people the way that it does. If a black person has something against white people, if a group of black people have something against white people, if all of the black people in America had issues with white folks because of the color of your skin. Is it going to stop them from where they can move? Is it going to stop them from the jobs that they can get? Will it stop them from the education that they can get? We are not in places of power for that to be able to affect anything. Yeah. And that's the difference. And that's what I need my white brothers and sisters to understand that the reason that is such an issue when you all are racist is because you are in places of power and you're able to oppress another people. There are no other people here that can oppress you. So it's not the same. So wow. when you have white people who are saying, well, we deal with racism too. You might deal with somebody not liking you. I want to know Being <laughs> mean to you. But they, they may be dealing with someone being mean to them because Maybe. of the color of their skin. Yeah. But you're not oppressed because of the color of your skin. I, and yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. I would just add term-wise. Go ahead. There's a difference between racism and bigotry. Bigotry is hate. Racism mm -hmm. is just elevating or preferring this over this like you're yeah. you, you are a white person so you automatically will go to the people of your community right mm -hmm. it yeah. just so happens we're 75 plus percent of america mm. that's a large community mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you know and I, I don't know the actual numbers of how many like the 25 percent of america's black 15 percent. i don't remember the actual numbers mm -hmm. but you were talking about would they still have the employment opportunities if every single black person in America was against them. Mm -hmm. They may have less, but it's a drop in the bucket less comparatively. Yeah, racism, there is a system in place. And, and people think is I just don't like this. I just don't like that. No, racism, there is a literal system that is in place to keep others oppressed. So if I have an... It, just look... Slavery. Slavery wasn't just, I don't like you because the color of your skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, I'm mean to you because the color of your skin. There were laws in place and enforced because there is a system. It was enforced yeah. because of the color of your skin. And that's what people have a hard time with. They're, they're thinking, well, just because I don't like you, it's not keeping you from doing this. No, baby, there's a literal system that is in place to, I don't need you to progress past this point. Yeah. I don't need you to ever be mm -hmm. on the same playing field as me. Yeah. And there is no other race that has the ability to do that to white people in America. That's why it's different. Yeah. We can dislike you all day long. Asian can dislike you. A Hispanic or Latinx person can dislike you. Black people can dislike you. But I don't have the power to put a system in place to oppress you. We don't. That's powerful. And and that's that's what we're fighting against or should be fighting against <laughs> <laughs> instead of being out here just marching and and, and getting uh, stuff painted on streets and thinking that we've done something. 
Yeah. We need legislation. Legislation is what got us here, and legislation is the only thing that's going to be able to change that. In our current political system, that's the only thing that changes anything, period. Top, bottom, left, right. It's that's it. Money and power. Money and power. Woo. That's it. Not my opinion. Yeah. Not, not, mm-mm. It Whether, should be justice and it should be should be fairness. But that's not what this country's built on. It's not just built equal on money. Outcome, but mm-hmm. equal opportunity to have an outcome. To at least have the opportunity. And that's not that's not what we have at all. Uh that's just what it boils down to. Well, Ty. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you've you been amazing. And for anyone who made it through this entire podcast, like, thank you so much for staying here. It was very eclectic. Uh, we appreciate you. Yes, it was amazing. So thank you. I appreciate you. I love your, y'all. Your, love you too. Oh, we love you too. I know you do. For real. And there will be more. If anybody yes, wants oh, to there's going to be more with Ty. We need, to, we need to dig deeper. But we're just going to have to make a cutoff point, and we're picking right now. Bye. Bye. Bye.